Hello and welcome to Gaming Fix episode 99. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite PlayStation exclusive. I am joined today by Alex. Luminous was really good. Mm-hmm. It, I, you know, I never, uh, I played Luminous on the phone, but not never on the PSP. It was a PS, it was just on the PSP, right? So. Yeah, at least when it came out. Yeah, uh, Pat is also so joining you, us. Do you um, kill giant robot dinosaurs, or are you a giant robot dinosaur? Yes, uh, I am large. I contain multitudes. Mm. Do I kill myself? Very well. Then I kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> so be all it. right happy weekend everyone so uh, yeah episode 99 starting off uh, just like yeah. we came in uh, <laughs> uh, I, I brought myself into this world i'll take myself out <laughs> uh yeah oh. you know it's a it's gonna be i don't know uh, we'll see how this cast goes kind of low energy not a lot of games this week Kinda, which which is ironic well not ironic but coincidental given that this was originally supposed to be our game of the year deliberation day yep it was <laughs> yeah uh, i'm very glad that that's not what happened agreed. yeah because <laughs> yeah I, uh, pat's playing one of the games that i want to get to before game of the year it's not that long i mean it's you i mean i gotta get you'll be fine. yeah i just i just need to do it yeah. And I wouldn't it, have done it if we had been doing game of the year this week. Yeah. I'm almost, Oh, I'm so glad that oof, we'll talk about that when we get to that game. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, I think 24 ish hours. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of Jack Bauer, the game you can kind of, it, it has a finite amount of time, basically. Like there's only so long cause it's, it yeah, has a yeah, clock yeah. in it. So wait, but it's before like we get dead to rising Pat, up at the and- RPG. Pat, Pat, another thing that happened with you is you hosted a game show. Oh, yeah, for work. <laughs> yeah. I try not to mix uh, this and work too much, but um, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, just for work's YouTube channel. It wasn't for like television or anything. That should be, I was hoping it was going to be available yesterday, but <laughs> it should be available if not today uh, by Monday. <laughs> well, I, I think it went pretty well. Seeing that. Uh, I made some you, bad puns. If you follow Pat on Twitter, maybe you'll get to uh, see said video. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going to disseminate it because I also talk about like dismantling capitalism on Twitter. <laughs> um, so, ah, uh, you you criticize society, but yet you live in one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's no, it's not so much that. It's more like I, I would hate it if uh, someone that. Um, I have agitated on Twitter at any point goes to my work and um, like gets me in trouble. I think I'd be fine. I don't, I don't think I have anything to worry about, but that's fair. you don't <laughs> want to still figuring out that you don't want to dox yourself is what you're saying. I would rather people find it accidentally. And then I can just say like, look, I have a personal life with personal social media. That's not tied to work. And like someone found it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's so whoopsie daisy. <laughs> well, now I mean, how you, many? Now are how many like 
mid to large size people uh, in the Pacific Northwest with beards and, and long hair working coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's it's a not very, very niche market. You're not exactly. going to be. <laughs> well, all our super sleuth listeners can go out and try and find that video next week and uh, come back to us. Yeah. Google Seattle coffee beard. You're bound to find it. <laughs> Is that just the thing where they, they dip their beard in the hot water and then they let it sit for like three minutes and then they give it Wax. to you? So uh, hot wax. So, no, like, no, we, no. It's they put the they put the their the hot water in the cup and they put their beard in the cup. They let it sit I, for three minutes yeah, and then they like serve a, it to that's you. More like a tea. It's <laughs> true. True. It's unless you're it's using a, your beard as a filter. You know, I don't want to think about this anymore. As the only person <laughs> with a large longer beard here, I don't want to. Look, we can either talk about is, League of Legends or we can talk about <laughs> beard coffee. <laughs> 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 it's a slow week in gaming this uh, over here, uh, except for you, Pat. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to you. Tell us about uh, tell us about the double D's you got. <laughs> huh. You're not wrong. Well, I unfortunately, mean, well, they're one. They're not, nah, either game is a double D, but together it's a double D. Yep. <laughs> it's like a D dead dead. Uh, so I want to talk about uh, Days Gone first because I'm the only one who's played that. So uh, in the world, I, I yeah, and me and me and Rami Ishmael. That's the, holding it down. Uh, uh, the so I picked up Days Gone when I picked up my uh, PS4 Pro last weekend because um, I have been curious about it for a while. I dunked on that game really hard as it was coming out and like talked about how I thought it was the dumbest looking game ever and how it looks so stupid and how much I hate zombies and that people shouldn't be excited for that game. Um, like privately, I was actually kind of a dick to someone that I know who was like excited about it. And I feel bad about that. Uh, uh, oh, how the tables have turned. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll get there. Um, but uh, it was like half off. And I had seen I think, Rami tweeting it was about more than half off. It was like 20 bucks. Maybe the price has come uh, down to 40. Yeah. So the price then, is but. normally 40 now, but, uh, but yes, you're right. It's more than that. If you consider it's launch price, but, um, like a month or two after it came out, Rami was talking about how the second half of that game actually gets interesting from the perspective of like, they get into where the zombie, uh, well, they're called freakers, where the freakers come from, mm-hmm. um, which is an aspect of zombie storytelling that I, that's part of why I usually don't like zombie stories because they just sort of hand wave like, Oh, it's a virus. They listen to too much Missy Elliott. (laughs) Um, But like one of the reasons that I like uh, resident evil, for example, is I love the like convoluted mythology that, it has of where everything came from. Uh, convoluted mythology in Resident Evil. What are you talking about? <laughs> Those don't go together. Um, and I don't really care about the whole like the real monsters are the humans. That angle of zombie storytelling is really fucking boring to me. So I've never gotten into like Walking Dead. I like like the George, like the the classic George Romero movies and stuff. But um, beyond that, I, I've I'm not that into it. I like Dead Rising because Dead Rising is great. And how about how about who, 28 who days later? Um, it's okay. Um, it's got Cillian Murphy hanging dong. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Every movie should open like that. <laughs> I 
I think it's a good movie, but it's not, I'm not like super crazy about it and I haven't watched it in ages, but, um, generally I'm kind of like not crazy about zombie fiction. Um, and I like the, like, where did it come from? Um, but, uh, oh crap. My coffee machine's going to do something. Hang on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Damn Classic. it. I didn't get, even catch the, get your, no. get your beard ready. You can just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be dip. I'll be beard dipping soon. Um, Anyway, uh, the, the, so I started, I picked up days gone thinking like, well, maybe it it apparently gets interesting later on. And I have, as people know, if they've listened to me talk about open world stuff, I find it really like chill and comforting to, um, uh, to, uh, play like map clearing games where I, um, where you get to like work up a percentage meter and like tick down stuff to do off of a map. Um, so, uh, I heard that that's kind of the way that that day's gone is. So I don't really have any like rush to get through it, but it's cause it's super long. It's like 50 hours or something. But, um, but I started it, uh, and, uh, that game is a lot. <laughs> Uh, I have heard people were talking about some of the opening things like the, the wedding at the beginning or something. So there's no, the wedding's not that. Uh, so I only played it for like an hour. So I'm not that far. So it could be early. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens though with, uh, hang on, sorry. Uh, it, it opens with like, I, they're in a city. It's gotta be like, I don't know, Bend or Portland or something. This is set in Oregon, the yeah. Pacific Northwest. Um, and the environments are stunning. I got to say, like I've been very pleased and impressed with my PS4 pro purchase. Um, and like it runs extraordinarily well and the environments are gorgeous. Like going through like the woods and stuff is really, really pretty. Um, like significantly prettier. Well, maybe that's not fair, but it is like, it looks better than like Ghost Recon, which is another game I played this year that has a lot of woods rendered at, at high resolution. Um, but anyway, the game opens and it's in like you're in the city and it's the main character Deacon and uh, his buddy Boozer. His name is Boozer. Uh, Deacon St. John and Boozer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like your wife is on the ground and they like suggest that she's been bitten by the freakers um which they're just like they're kind of like they're just fast zombies um and then and you're like immediately like what are we gonna do we gotta get her out of here and they like you don't control any of this This is all cutscene. they like take her onto a roof and there's this guy in a hazmat suit and deacon's like you gotta let us get on this helicopter before we leave before it leaves and the guy's like i'm just a grad student man it can't i can't take any more people and Deacon's like, what? uh, she's getting on this helicopter, either she's getting on this helicopter or you are one way or another, blah, blah, blah. And he pulls out a gun and like holds the guy at gunpoint. And the guy's like, okay, but I can only take two of you, which is like, okay. Cause of the weight <laughs> and boozers like on the roof and you put your wife on the helicopter and Deacon's like, she's just been stabbed. That's it. She was stabbed. Wasn't a freaker. And, and the guy's like, okay. And Deacon like looks at Boozer and looks at his wife and he's, and Deacon's like, I gotta stay with Boozer. He's never going to make it on his own. And your wife's like, 
no, <laughs> do not stay with Boozer. And then Deacon's like, sorry, babe. <laughs> and then he like lets the helicopter go. <laughs> he just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he goes with he goes with the with with Boozer, and then that's like, and then it just ends, and that's the beginning of the game. And just like Last not of like, Us, yeah, I was gonna say it's touching, makes you cry. And I had to. I had to turn on subtitles because the way it'll be like police sirens and fires and like people screaming and Deacon's like, we're really in this shit now. And I was like, excuse what? <laughs> what did you just say? So like the audio mix is way off the charts. The voice, the lip syncing is awful. Like it doesn't look like they're saying they're just going like, this is great for an audio medium. And yeah, I know. Sorry. I was like opening and closing my mouth flatly. Um, it was, it's just very stupid, but, uh, and then it goes to two years later, it like cuts to two years later and you and Boozer are like hunting down this, this guy named Leon, which all I could think about was Ashley screaming Leon in resident evil four the whole time. Uh, and you're like chasing him and the dialogue is the thing is, it's funny and I'm very excited to play more of this game. Like controlling it is fine. It's pretty good. It plays like the motorcycles fun to ride. And then when you do like the combat stuff, it's very much like the last of us in terms of the way that the game part works. Um, when you have, you have like, or even a remnant from the ashes kind of does a similar thing where when you, push right trigger without holding down left trigger, you swing your melee weapon that you have. And then when you aim down the sights, you can fire your gun and um, the shooting is fine. It's not like particularly good, but it's super, super serviceable. The melee stuff is fine. You just mash the button and you do like swing combos and stuff. It's got stealth. You can approach things stealthily. Um, if it were like a linear game, I would probably say it's kind of shitty, but, uh, because of the like limited stuff that you do, but, um, because it's an open world game, it feels fine. It's like, yeah. it's cool. Um, like the gameplay is good and, and the, the world is really, really pretty and huge. And there's a lot of stuff to collect. The skill trees are really good. Um, we, I've talked about it this year in relation to the outer worlds. Um, but the skills are like, not just statistical increases. There's a couple of those, but they're like it doubles your speed or whatever. Um, and most of them are like, now you can reload while you're sprinting Hmm. or, um, now when you sneak in the rain, uh, your footsteps get obscured or something like, I don't know. They're like, they're like pretty meaningful things. Um, and so like gameplay wise, it's really cool, but Holy shit, the dialogue and story in this game is like, if you, I can't tell. I like Ben studios and I don't mean to like dunk on their narrative team because like, I think they're, they're cool. They're, they're based not far from where I, not that far from where I live and stuff. Like I appreciate them. I really hope they're conscious of how ridiculous this story and the dialogue is and that they didn't think they were writing stuff. That's really deep and sincere. If they name their character Deacon St. John, you got to think there's some self-awareness there, right? And like the, the line, I can't remember what the line from the wedding is, but it seems very, she says, I'm going to, I promise to ride you like you ride your motorcycle right. or something. Yeah, ride your hog like, or whatever. That sounds yeah. like, like what's that game? Uh, ride, ride, ride to hell. hell. Yeah. It sounds like ride that level of riding. Yeah. It's not quite that bad, <laughs> but 
like the whole, my partner and I were just like cracking up because the whole time, like <laughs> you're chasing after Leon in this opening gameplay sequence and then the bike riding is good and stuff. And they're yelling at each other. And like, it's like the dialogue is like, you find this woman who is injured that, um, and then she dies and like Leon killed her. And that's why you're after him. And, um, Boozer's like, it's you and Boozer. Uh, it's always you and Boozer. And uh, Boozer's like, son of a bitch is going to pay. And you get on your motorcycles. And then <laughs> Deacon's like, we got to catch that son of a bitch. And then <laughs> Boozer's like, uh, that son of a bitch is up ahead. He's got ammo. And he's shooting at you. And they don't actually have accents like that. I'm inferring those accents. They sound like they're from Oregon. They're fine. But <laughs> then there's a point when <laughs> Boozer's like, uh, we almost got that son of a bitch. And then Deacon's like, then Deacon goes, Son of a bitch. This sounds wow. like a teen writing like they're they're sons of anarchy fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm really not making it up. We were just like, they say that every single time like every sentence. It's like mm-hmm. punctuation. And then uh and, well, and that's uh, just how it is in Oregon, right? It is it's true. <laughs> Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's on the flag. They say there's a lot of other there's a lot of other language too, but that was the one that stuck out to me. That's like it's like <laughs> and so like um yeah, you like you get to Leon and then the way they tell you that it's a dark and edgy world is um Leon's like bleeding out uh cuz he was he got into a gunfight with you. And uh Deacon's like you better tell us where the stash is or I'm going to let the freakers get you. And you can hear like freakers snarling off in the distance and, and Leon's like, okay, okay. And he gives you a map to his stash. And then, um, you turn around to leave and he's like, you promised like do it. And then Deacon turns around and blows his head off. And oh, I thought D horse was going to was gonna come and poop on his face. <laughs> no, Deacon's got to do it. He, he told Deacon to do it. Oh yeah. But Deacon, it's not like a emotional moment. Deacon just like oh, yeah. around and shoots yeah. him in the head. Oh. Um, and it doesn't blow his head up, but it just, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you, you like go back home and, uh, well, no, then your bike gets stolen. It's, there's a, there's stuff that happens. There's a, they definitely, I think there's going to be a lot of story in this game because even in the opening, like hour and a half, there's a lot of stuff that it's not even like anything meaningful really happens. It's just a lot of like, well, your bike got, Damaged. That's what it was. Damaged. And then you need to ride with Boozer. You jump on Boozer's bike and you and you got to go through a dark, spooky tunnel where you shoot some zombies and then get to this like place where they have because you need a fuel injector for your bike. And then you got to sneak into this garage and get the fuel injector. And then there's this clan of or like cult of people called the Rippers and Rippers. They're called that because they're the rest in Pete in peace, not in Pete rest in peace like clan or whatever or cult and they like believe the zombies are like there to set them free or something i don't know and they're like holding boozer down and like blowtorching his arm is there which is a weird first hour oh yeah is is, is their slogan like let it rip (laughs) i wish um, uh, our slogan. Bong, you sure, it's not for the bong rips they're doing. <laughs> Boozer and I. <laughs> Boozer Oregon. and I's slogan is uh, is is crank it. 
Um, oh, yeah. And so crank that then, which you can, which I'm very excited to, to report. Um, not in, not in the way that you can masturbate, but you can crank your bike. You can sit and just run the throttle. Well, okay. yeah, I was interested, what, what, but what has the better crank in it sound death strandings, uh, toilet or the days gone motorcycle. You can modulate the, the, the crank in it in days gone. So sure. I gotta give it to that okay. game. Okay. But like, Cause, just cause overall you can, sound effect, just like, I think like if for a pure crank in it sound effect, uh, so far death stranding has the better one, but okay. I haven't upgraded the bike very much. Or I'd have at all. Execution um, goes to days gone. Sound goes to. Yeah. Okay. So they, so like ultimately your bike gets stolen. That's kind of how it, it, what what had, ends up happening? You go to get this fuel injector. Boozer gets his arm torched, blow torched, which is just a weird. I don't know, but his arms all burned up, and so and his. Uh, you go back to your bike, and your bike's stolen, and Boozer's all fucked up because like having his. Which you know, in real life, if your arm was blow torched for a, a, it's not like quick. It's like they hold a blow torch to his arm up and down it for a long time. The cutscene is not as unpleasant as that would be and look in real life because mm-hmm. it's a video game, but yeah. the concept is pretty awful. So Boozer's fucked up. He's not doing great. Uh, and your bike is stolen. And so you go back to your like home and Deacon and Boozer just like live in a firewatch tower. Um, sure. With a fence around it. With, uh, with and so then you have to, yeah, <laughs> then you have to go find uh, the people that stole your bike and it turns out it's this guy, like it's this encampment that you have kind of weird relationship with the guy who runs the chop shop there. Like is like, yeah, we got this fucking shitty bike in that sucked ass that I took apart for parts and parted out. And Deacon's like, Oh my God, that was another great part. So this Manny guy is like the mechanic in this camp. And there's for some, there's some reason that Deacon and Boozer can't live in what the the whatever society exists still my guess is what happened is deacon's wife turned into a freaker and killed a bunch of people at a camp because she was bitten and he said that she was stabbed and whatever so i think that that's where it's going but either way people don't really like him but they're not like kill on sight only the like marauder people do that um so uh manny the guy who parts out this bike likes deacon and He's like, you got the shitty bike in and Deacon's like, oh, yeah, did you get a shitty bike in and very like heavily trying to imply to Manny that it's his bike. And Manny's just like, yeah, it sucked ass, man. Like I took it apart and <laughs> took it apart and parts and Deacon's like, oh, did you where did you get the shitty bike? And then the guy's like, yeah, I was missing a fuel injector. And then you pull the fuel <laughs> injector out of your pocket and you're and, and then Manny puts it together and Manny's like, oh, fuck, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'll help you get a new bike. Uh, and then Deacon's like, uh, I spent years putting that bike together. That was a drifter bike as if that means something. And, uh, and, and Manny's like, I'm so sorry, man. I'll, I'll find you replacements. And then Deacon looks at him and goes, you can replace the gas tank that was given to me by my dead wife. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So his his wife was clearly in the gas tank. It's a bionic commando situation. Oh man, can you imagine uh, if that's what it is? But then, uh, but then, Manny explains why he's the, always riding that bike so hard and crank, <laughs> cranking it. It's his wife. Uh, so Manny gives you like a shitty bike that he pieces together. So that's like it's it's sort of like Mad Max in the, in a way where like you're trying to part of the game is upgrading your bike and getting new components for it. 
Um, but it controls really well. And the world is impressive. Like it's huge and it feels authored in a smart way where it doesn't just feel like you're just like going through endless forest. It has very, it, there's like distinct visual markers and stuff. There's like the, the this is, a, this sounds like a minor thing, but like you're not seeing the same tree over and over again or the same rock or whatever. Um, so the tech that they have is impressive. Uh, yeah. And then again, on the pro, it looks gorgeous and it runs really, really solid. Yeah. So one of the things um, I remember from like uh, the preview footage or whatever, like when they were showing trailers for it at every event was that it had like billions of whatever freakers or whatever, like just tons and tons of characters on screen at a time. Like did that pan out to the real I've, game? So you, when you're trying to escape the rippers with boozer, you kill him and then rescue him. You can see a horde of freakers like coming, but it's not particularly menacing because they're pretty far away. So it doesn't feel like you have much to worry about. They kind of just are coming after you. If you just stood there, they would eventually come and kill you. But um, there are types of freakers called swarmers that I've only encountered in small numbers. But if you get like more than one or two of them at a time, it says they're super dangerous. I also think um, the game does a smart, uh, the difficulty settings are really cool. Um, I wish it let you change them more. You can only change it from easy to normal and normal to easy. But there's like easy, normal, hard, hard to survival and survival to. So it's it's interesting to me. And I guess there's a new game plus so you can start it over again at a higher difficulty and keep your stuff. Um, but I don't know, like mechanically it's really cool. Uh, I shouldn't even say I, earlier, I said if it was linear, it would be seem kind of thin, but I don't even know if that's fair because it's, I'm still unlocking mechanics and stuff and what's there feels pretty good. Um, and it, it takes a lot of nods from the last of us in terms of like, you're picking up stuff all the time for crafting, but it's not tedious feeling. It's like, you just tap the square button to pick stuff up and it picks up everything around you. So far as I've, I haven't encountered any like inventory limits. The only limits are like you have one sidearm, one main weapon, and a special weapon, and then your melee weapon. So, like right now, I have a crossbow, a pistol, a crossbow special weapon, pistol, and then a board or whatever. And the melee stuff is really simple. You only carry one thing at a time. So, if you find something that's better, you just switch to that. It's not like you're managing an inventory of melee weapons. They have durability and break eventually, but you just grab another one. Um, there's ways you can repair them if they're specific or particularly good, but it's cool. Cause they have like two stats. There's durability and damage. So you can find weapons that have, that'll last a long time and don't do a ton of damage. Or you can find like, I have a fire ax right now, which does a lot of damage, but only lasts like five or 10 swings. That, that um, doesn't seem right. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I had the same thought when I picked it up, I was like, shouldn't this be like, very durable uh but it can't be very durable and do a shitload of damage uh but uh but yeah i don't know there's you do have to like fuel your bike i don't know if that's going to get frustrating so far just pee in the gas tank get boozy to do it <laughs> so you're just peeing in your dead wife <laughs> well now i don't have my dead wife's gas tank yeah oh man. right sorry uh, someone else is peeing gotta get it, it back <laughs> um but uh yeah. Anyway, it's it's a it's it's fun. The one thing that I will say is like, unironically, I'm not saying this is like a oh, 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 there are two dudes that are really close. I think that Deacon and Boozer are definitely in love with each other, and they should push their beds together. 
because uh, the relationship that they have is like as 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 stupid as the dialogue is their relationship is very like loving and touching in a weird way that I kind of am like very very on board with um, because like the degree of care they have for one another is like pretty intense and uh, and I appreciate it so um, I hope that that's where the story goes and that they realize that um, orientation, sexual orientation aside, that they love each other and that they don't need that Deacon doesn't need his dead wife because he's got Boozer. That's and the, that's what that's he learned. Be the sequel. Son of a bitch, I love you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although they keep calling each other brother, which is weird for my fan fiction, but uh, <laughs> I don't believe they're actually related at all. Uh, they listen, just listen here, Jack. Nothing wrong with two brothers. They got they, they love mm, each other. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so it's not sure, as bad anyway. as sure, sure, a guy can pee in his dead wife to power his motorcycle, but when two guys call each other brother, they can't be in love. I see. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was uh, that that was a, a fun thing to to boot up and start. I will definitely be getting back to that and playing more of it. I'm not in any hurry. I don't think it needs to be played for game of the year consideration. Uh, there is, there is a chance that I'll come out the other end thinking that it's pretty fantastic in spite of some of its stuff, but, um, but it, it's, it's fun so far. Uh, so if you can get it like the sale was last weekend, but if you can get it super, super cheap, I wouldn't hesitate to try it out. I don't think I would recommend it at $40 based on what I've played for most people, but um, there is a lot of game there. It's yeah. Really, and really if long. You're into value. It seems like a a good timed money proposition. the The back of the box I enjoy because it just says, "This world comes for you. Survive a dangerous life on the road as outlaw biker Deacon State John face freakers and merciless humans in a world ripped apart by a deadly pandemic." And then the features of the game are explore a harsh open world, craft weapons, and upgrade your bike. Discover a gripping story of personal loss, and that's it. Huh. succinct yep yeah uh but uh yeah and and again it looks gorgeous like i, I all like dunking on the writing aside um the, the they achieved something pretty impressive i think with the the environment visuals the people look the animations for the people i don't think are very good but uh the 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 environments are really really impressive and like there's a lot of rain is kind of a mechanic because it's the Pacific Northwest. It rains a lot. Um, and like when it's raining, it's easier to be stealthy. Uh, and um, it, the rain looks really, really nice. And it's like downpour too, like not, not just ah, silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. You don't see a lot of like really, really good looking rain that is thick. It's, it's not just like drizzling. Like in uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, Death Stranding is bad. Got, it's got some good uh, downpour stuff. It does. So most of what I've seen is like, it's like, I guess it's when you're really in the BT areas, it's pretty good. Uh, so. It it like you get to points later in the game where it like really cool. comes down. Uh, and cool. then like kind of at the end of the game, there's some like really intense weather stuff. Cool. Um, uh, yeah. I won't get too into that, but I did play a little bit more of that. And I got to the point where the weather you go to the weather station and it like 
unlocks the weather system or whatever. And uh, that's pretty cool. I think I, that's I barely mess. I'm with sure it, it doesn't matter that much because it mostly stays in the same place. But and sometimes it's just there. There is going to be rain here no matter what. It's never going away. <laughs> like, come yeah, on. but it's it's nice now. It's on my map so I can yeah. go around it if yeah. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Also, very briefly, no one told me that there the minor mechanical spoiler for Death Stranding. No one told me that there were skateboards in this game. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. I mean, they're not skateboards, but yeah. No, they're not. It's, uh, but there's like hover platforms that you can put cargo on and they like t- are tethered to I, you and they follow you. I, I forget that not everyone watched like all the gameplay stuff beforehand. <laughs> but you can ride them. Yeah. Uh, on, like especially downhill and like they avoid uh, like they go over rocks really easily. Like mostly well, sometimes they'll they, screw up and you'll just like face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And all your cargo goes flying <laughs> off your back. It's the most epic bailing I've ever seen. But and when it's, it's working really well, funny. you just like fly over all like the rocks uh, on the ground. I'm going to just like load awesome. up without a delivery and practice riding it because it's really fun to ride it down hills. Yeah. Um, it, you push the square button to like kick on flatter ground and it kicks like a like you would a skateboard. Um, the only thing I'm not understanding is how to slow down. Uh, if you uh, if you grip, you slow down, but it's like it's like binary. You're either like stopping or yeah, going. Well, there's um, no like, yeah, I, don't I, I want I, I'm wondering if there's a I got to figure out a technique if you have to like carve or what to oh, like I, control I your speed. I, this isn't Sean White's. I don't know. <laughs> Game's got some physics. So anyway, I'm very yeah. <laughs> I was very excited when Sean I found White's that out. But I did presented by the FedEx. first thing I had like four. <laughs> I had like four deliveries on my back um, to go to different places when I first got the the floating platform. And um, so <laughs> I hopped on it and I was like, this is awesome. And then I went down a hill and you go so fast and you can't control it. And I was like, oh, God, what's happening? And then I hit a rock at the bottom and just like <laughs> flew through the air <laughs> and all of the cargo like disconnected in the air yeah. and then crashed across the ground and it was in a um, mule area and <laughs> oh, I have good. it on hard difficulty now so the mules are not mules are rough hard difficulty in that game I'm enjoying so far I'm going to drop it if it gets tedious but I had never even looked at container repair spray until okay. I bumped it up to hard it's pretty cool there there's a se- sequence near the end where container repair spray is pretty important uh, as you get up into the mountains it becomes more important but sure. Like for the most part, yeah, it, I never really had to worry about repairing stuff throughout the game. But like, I I was happy to not have to worry about that kind of stuff. I was yeah. like kind of there to experience the story. Like as yeah. I got, especially as I got further in, I was like, okay, I, I I'm positive that I'll bump it down at a certain point. I'm going to be like, okay, I get it, and I'll bump it down. Um, yeah. But it's nice; it doesn't punish you really for switching it. It just yeah gives you the the you can't switch to the higher difficulty right when you deliver stuff if you. Yeah whatever the lowest difficulty you had it set at during a delivery, that's what it gives you rewards for. But like I had been getting, I had gotten S's for every single delivery prior to that, but on hard difficulty, I started getting B's um, because they want you to like the, the containers get damaged more easily. The the requirements are a little more stringent. Um, So yeah, that's cool. Uh, I still like that game. Um, That was not the game that I intended to talk about. Yeah, it was not the other of the, no, even though that's is, also a D game. Man, this is a triple D episode. Somebody <laughs> yeah. call Guy Fieri or don't, don't, oh don't, don't tell his, lo- don't tell his lawyers. Take our podcast um, down. 
Days Gone, Death Stranding, and Days, Death, and Disco. Which, interestingly, is a way to... That could be, like, the back of the box for... Disco's Disco dead, baby. Uh, Yeah, my partner asked what why the game is called Disco Elysium, and I had to, like, pause it, push back from my computer, and go, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I can understand why it's titled that, but um, it is... Uh, it takes... It's a very metaphoric, esoteric uh, title... Um, so I've been playing Disco Elysium. I'm almost halfway through it. If the time that the amount of days you have means anything, um, and it, it should because like time pass progresses pretty standard on a pretty standard well, curve. Each day I've, takes the same I've amount of time. I've heard you can finish it like pretty quick, or you can like take the full. Oh yeah, time yes, you can definitely that. finish it prior to the time that yeah, depending on the choices that you make. That game is uh, uh, incredible. Um, it is. It is. Uh, unless something happens and it gets really bad, that game is a remarkable achievement. And I saw there was a Steam review that I saw that said it really well. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, um, but they were talking about how like you, it's not incredible because it does some revolutionary new thing conceptually. It is just a game that is written by people who have a real craft to their writing in a way that you just don't see. And again, I mean, not, not trying to take anything away from game writers out there, but like this game's writing is just on another level from most stuff that that I see and play. Um, it's just like so whip smart it is hilarious. Um, I won't spoil anything, but like it has the funniest dialogue that I've at like a specific sequence of dialogue. I laughed harder playing it than maybe I've ever laughed at a video game. Um, it is, excuse me, really, 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 really smart. Um, it is uh, also like just it'll go from like making you laugh out loud hard to like bone crushing sadness to like really, really intense. Oh God, I got to click the next thing. What's going to happen next in the space of like a half an hour. You'll, you'll get all three of those things. Um, it's just, it's so smart. Uh, so like for people who haven't played it too, I should lay out that it is like uh, a isometric RPG. There is virtually no combat. I haven't encountered any combat yet. And I don't, I mean, it doesn't have a combat system. I've heard all the combat is, still yeah. through the same like in the dialogue conversation system mechanic, so yeah so like the the concept is that you are a it is set in a sort of central slash eastern europe um country in a fictional world that's not based on in the real world at all um where a the city was sort of the like ground zero for a failed communist revolution um and then a coalition of outside governments took the city back uh, and then um, basically like took it over and govern it and didn't reinstall the original government. And all of that happened about 50 years ago in game time. Um, And uh, it's all like kind of like a, it's not post-apocalyptic in that there was no apocalypse, but the city was shelled heavily during that war 50 years ago and never really recovered economically 
least not the area of the city that you're in. So it has a very kind of like stuff is bombed. There's buildings that have like been hit by artillery and there's rubble around still. So it is not a pleasant space, but it is a space people are living in and and existing in. Um, And uh, you play this police detective that um, was there to investigate a murder, um, an apparent lynching in the backyard behind the hotel that you're staying in. Um, And you instead went on a three day bender of drugs and alcohol abuse and um, lost your memory. And so the game starts with you kind of waking up um, after going on this bender. Um, And uh, from there, it just, it's all dialogue driven for the most part. Um, You're exploring the space isometrically and like finding items and stuff, but the meat of the game is in the dialogue. It has a time, like a, time of day, a clock that goes by and the time of day advances when you're in dialogue, com- like when you're in conversations and it's like weird. I don't quite know exactly how it calculates that because it can't, it almost seems like a minute goes by in real time while you're talking to people, but that can't be because the game is only like 25 to 30 hours. Yeah, so it depends on what, uh, how far into the conversation tree you get. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Every every branch um, you take like brings it a minute, 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 whatever. It's really impressive because it is a system that gives you a sense of time and like I need to plan the things that I want to do, but you never feel rushed because when you're outside of dialogue during that time when you're like, what am I going to do next? It's not the clock isn't ticking. And when you're moving around the world, the clock isn't ticking. So it, you feel safe to explore and you don't feel super rushed, which I really appreciate. Um So, uh, the, and then the dialogue itself, like I keep saying is like exquisitely written and you have a constant inner conversation going on with basically your different skills. Yeah. So you have, there's a bunch of skills. I think it's like 16, uh, might be more than that, but they're tied to, and like with a lot of tabletop stuff, this game is super, super tabletopy. Um, your skills, are tied to an attribute um, and you have like your mind attribute and your um, I don't even remember what they're all there's physique, Just there's mind empathy. And stuff empathy. Like yeah. Um, but yeah, so each, each like top layer attribute has several skills in it. And so um, you'll have passive checks that happen where there's like a skill check hidden that tests itself against your stat. And if your stat is at the level, then your inner monologue will say like, like, for example, um, I have very high Inland Empire. Inland Empire is just like kind of like an understanding of like the street and the city and like what goes on in the street, on the street and in the city. Um, and so my Inland Empire is very high. So sometimes when I'm talking, if I'm talking to like a drug dealer or something, then it'll give me a passive check that's like, my inland empire will come up as a dialogue person that I'm talking when I'm talking and it'll say like this person probably knows the location of da, 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 but it does it more creatively than that. It's like very well, but it's actually well written. Um, so you have that kind of element. And then also you're making skill checks in dialogue trees and dialogue is, that's like a loose term. Sometimes it's literally talking. Sometimes it's like you're interacting with an inanimate object or something and it's all done through the same interface. Um, and the skill checks are like very transparent. This is what the difficulty is. 
this is what your skill is. You have to roll the difference in on two dice and it'll give you a percentage chance. But also if you know, if you've rolled dice before, you'll be able to see like, okay, so I need a 10 on two dice. Um, and I really dig that. There's also a whole system called the thought cabinet where like I was saying a lot of stuff. The core of the game is, is about a basically a labor dispute um, that doesn't really give anything away. Uh, and then it gets deeper than that, but you have a lot of opportunity to talk about communism because of the way the world is set. And so I kind of just sort of started talking about like, like role-playing a very pro communist character. And at some point my, my brain stopped me basically and was like, Hey, so do you, are you into communism? And if you say yes, then your character starts like thinking you have the option to then internalize communism and this character that's kind of like Marx ish. His name is Mazov, Carlos Mazov, I think Um, he's like the equivalent of Marx in this world. And so you can kind of like internalize this thought. And then over time, once a timer goes up, then you get a bonus. So like now I have minuses to a couple of skills, but I get four experience points every time I choose a piece of dialogue that is like leftist. And you kind of have to figure that out. It doesn't tell you what the leftist dialogue is. Um, so, uh, that stuff is just very, very cool. At one point, because of the way I had been playing the character as being kind of a dipshit, cause he fucked up real bad, um, before the game started, um, the game was like, Hey, do you suck? And it's like, yes, I suck a lot. And it's like, okay, so you fucking suck then. And then I got a skill that's basically like to internalize. That's basically like you suck ass. Yep. And uh, so it's very, very good in those ways. And like I said, just very, very funny, very, very smart. The thing that I find most impressive about it is if you take certain parts of that game out of context, they seem borderline problematic. Like there's a lot of characters that deals with a lot of themes of like racism and misogyny and stuff like that. Um, And there are routes you can take for certain quest lines that are, not good, like not moral at all and not in the like, Oh, I help the bandits instead of the farmers kind of morality. It doesn't do that thing. It does like, Hey, what are you trying to say about fable? (laughs) It does much more complex stuff. And I, at first I found that troubling, um, because I don't, I'm kind of of the belief that like, you don't really need to let people role play a racist. Um, that's, but in this game, it still has a concrete sense of morals from that it's operating from, and it just injects those into the world. So it's not, I think the reason that you're not seeing a bunch of like backlash around this game being political, because it is hyper political, is that it um, never feels like it's preaching, um, but it always feels like it has an, a stance. And the way that it conveys that information to you makes it very clear, like what the game thinks of the decisions that you just made, um, because your inner monologue will like talk to you mm-hmm. and say like, wow, that was fucked up. Or like, for example, you have a skill called electrochemistry, which is basically like your affinity for drugs and your ability to understand drugs. And like, it'll do stuff like your electrochemistry will pop and pop up and be like, this guy knows where to get speed, ask him for speed. <laughs> And then you can try to get speed if you want to. And you can be like, no, stop it. I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. 
and and your electrochemistry will like come back later and be like come on baby you know you want some speed and it's very that's how all of those kind of interactions are so when you encounter and it also lets you play the like like i encountered a racist guy and um i encountered him with my partner um who is again they don't really have like they don't the different like places and and um, ethnicities don't necessarily map directly to our world, but, um, his, he appears to be of Asian descent. Um, and, uh, his name is Kitsuragi, Kim, Kim Kitsuragi. And so, you know, he kind of, it, it's, it's sort of implied that he is of Asian descent or their equivalent. And there's a super racist guy you meet at one point. Um, and they have this big, they have an argument and you, I backed my partner obviously. Cause like, fuck that guy. Uh, the racist guy. And then for reasons I won't get into, I later encountered that same character by myself, the racist guy. And I like dug into it a little more. and was like, so why did you, what's wrong with you? And he basically like very calmly lays out like a white supremacist, like uh, ideology to you as to what, as to why he's racist. And you can sort of be like, oh, I start, I'm starting to understand racism now to him or you can be like fuck off I don't want to talk to you anymore and that's the the option that I chose and that closes certain dialogue paths later on and maybe will re- lead to a thought cabinet thing that I can slot in um yeah but and if I had chosen to say that I'm a racist then like characters that are like your partner character is a cool character and if you say you're racist in front of them then he's going to be like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and so, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't ever feel like it's preaching, but it also doesn't ever feel like it's rewarding you for being a piece of shit. Um, and it doesn't really feel like it's rewarding you for much of anything. Really? Uh, I think it's going to be dependent on what you find rewarding, I guess, in that world. Um, and so, I don't know. It's very interesting. I think it's, it's um, absolutely worth playing. There's a little bit of stuff you kind of like, if you find, written descriptions of medical stuff challenging. That's a thing I would content warning it for. Uh, Cause like you do some crime scene investigation and that gives you some pretty juicy uh, descriptions of ways in which you are um, examining a corpse. That is pretty fucking gross. <laughs> I in a class I took in college, a human sexuality class, my teacher showed us some, uh, some, some video surgery videos on YouTube of like, <laughs> one, why would, why did you make us watch that lady Two, They just have surgery videos on YouTube. Yep, they do. Yeah. They're on TV as well. Mm-hmm. On TV. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah they have been uh, since the nineties. At least that I can remember. I, I have yeah. never come across that channel. Um, yeah, I don't know. So this game, I, I would say that it has a lot of stuff too. that just if you are, you kind of do have to be willing to read some pretty rough stuff at times because it's got a lot. Um, but they do things like you can clearly tell that that like the developers are certainly not hoping that you go down the being an asshole route because of things like you meet some characters, some kids early on that um, throw homophobic slurs at you, but they bleep out in the voice acting it's bleeped out and they star it out in the 
dialogue. Mm-hmm. So like, they're not trying to actually make you read slurs and stuff. Like they're, they're employing certain really heavy language and, and concepts, but I don't think that they're the, as a developer that their intent is to like make you a racist or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some, just some really poignant stuff in there too. Yeah. So I don't know, you kind of have to play it to understand it. I was very skeptical early at first of the shittier stuff that you can say and the shittier characters. But now that I see it all in context, it's pretty incredible the way that they put this world together and it feels like believable in a way that is really, um, really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I think like I'm only about two hours in, but I think it's also in extremely stark contrast from what I played in the outer wilds, like outer worlds. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. the one it happened. But yes, yeah. because like, uh, I think we're far enough away from the launch that I can say like that first decision of like the generator thing, like it, I was like, this is really stupid. <laughs> like, but like this has weighty decisions that seem like they actually impact the game, like in perpetuity, like within the first hour or two. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you're not seeing. So that was why at first I was like, well, whatever I picked this dialogue option over this dialogue option, mm-hmm. like what difference does it make? And I felt like there wasn't a lot of role playing happening. Cause I was like, well, I have a checklist of things to do and I go down one, one direction until I can't anymore. And then I pull out and go to a different place. But, um, actually all of those choices feel like they're very meaningful. I don't know for a fact, but even down to like when you, like the ways in which you end conversations sometimes feel like that's going to come back and be meaningful. Like everything feels like it's ticking certain things behind the scenes and it surfaces just enough of that to make you feel like you have some control over the direction of the story, but it also is inviting you to role play and to like play an interesting character. And um, so, yeah, I, I would say that it, it is much more, um, convincing in the way that it does the whole diamond thing than something like an outer worlds or even a mass effect. Um, yeah. Cause there's no like so-and-so will remember that it's like, like I had an instance where I picked a dialogue option at one point and then later on my partner was like, Oh, I thought blank because you said this earlier. And I was like, Oh, you were paying attention, I guess. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like I can definitely see that uh, with like the wheelchair lady. Like she seems like she's paying yeah. attention to everything. <laughs> Um, and there's things too, like it it does a very smart job early on. There's a quest that, uh, I will be very vague because I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there was a quest that I was like, there was a piece of dialogue that I didn't really want to choose and go down the road and the game kind of subtly encourages you. And then it sort of overtly encourages you. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll do it. And it's very awkward and not a thing that I, I wish it was a thing that I hadn't engaged with from a role-playing perspective. And I think that that serves to, to explain to you that like the game's going to tell you stuff and that you shouldn't always listen to that. And also your dialogue choices have weight. You, you, it is not a game where you just go through every option and click them all. It is like, you need to measure what you're going to say to this person and think about it before you say it, yep. because there's certain dialogue choices that take you down a tree that you cannot come back from. There is no like back or end conversation in a very real way where it's like, if I say to you like something like, uh, you know, I saw what was going on in your basement 
and you go, what do you mean? I can't just go like, no, never mind. <laughs> That's not going to work in a real conversation. <laughs> You're going to press me on it and we're going to have to come to some kind of resolution, whether it's me trying to hand wave it away and you pressing me or me just coming out and saying a thing. Um, and so, uh, it's smart in that way too. It feels that's another way that the, the dialogue is very mechanical in that you really have to choose it carefully. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a phenomenal game. I think you should pay full price for it if you have to, because it is worth every penny. And it's also law of a length where with game of the year coming up, I'm going to switch back over to death stranding heavily after I finish it. But, um, I could totally see playing it a couple times, um, kind of see different, paths and different stuff play out uh based on different choices but what it's just sort of to your point alex i also think it's cool because there aren't any really instances where you're like do you press the button or do you not press the button it's not that kind of a game yeah, it's more cumulative and it's also like i had a carrot there was a character that i really really liked um he's a cool guy and we had had some we had like a really like deep conversation about a sense of self and stuff and he had information that I needed um, to like kind of help the main quest along. And I couldn't find any other way to get the information. And he's like, please don't make me rat this person out. We're friends. Like we're, we're becoming friends. You know, this is the someone that I care about. I know they didn't, they're not in trouble like on purpose. They're very on the edge. I'm really worried about them. And I need you to just drop this. And like, I could not drop it. I had to figure out the information. And so I pushed him on it and he was like, you're a piece of shit. And, and I felt like I was like, Oh God, (laughs) I feel so bad about this. And now every time I talk to him, he's like, Oh look, it's the guy I thought who was a good cop. And like, it's, he like, every time you, you run into him, he rubs it in as like, thought we were friends, man. Uh, and, um, so yeah, it just, it, it's little things like that. It's lots of little things like that where your, your choices on, who you say what to really matter, but there is no like I'm siding with the corporation. I'm siding with the union, even though that is sort of the conflict that's happening. The game never asks you to like, you sort of can pick a hard side if you want to through dialogue, but it's, it doesn't feel like they put a computer terminal in front of you and make you select one thing or the other thing, uh, which is smart. Interesting. Yeah. I want to, I want to get to that because everyone's been talking it up and it sounds really cool, but, but yeah. And if you would be warned, it is essentially a point and click adventure. Like it's, it's not very mechanically deep in the sense of gameplay, but yeah, it's very dialogue driven. Your interactions, your, your mechanical interactions are not very deep, but what's happening behind is very intricate and, and I think I was disappointed at first for those, for that reason. But I think if you're someone who likes mechanical systems, there's still a lot of meat there in that, like different gear gives you different stat bonuses, for example. So like if you put on gardening gloves, your, your physical interaction skill goes up. So you still can approach situations where it's like, okay, well, so I know you have to think about things. So if you, if you like, I know that I'm going to be going into this situation where, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to need to be able to talk my way out of something. Then you can kind of like put a skill point into something that is more dialogue driven. You can put on clothes that go get that some speed. You seriously like the drugs change your change your like give you stat boosts. So in fact, um, I have a pack of cigarettes and um, the 
if you the cigarettes raise your like they do a point of damage to you, but they raise your intellect stats. So if I have to like get into something very cerebral, I'll have my character smoke a cigarette before he does it. So there's still a lot of that kind of mechanical stuff where you're still thinking about like what clothes do I need to be wearing? Where should I put the skill point? And is there like a substance I should like take a hit on? I'm playing the character as like trying not to drink and trying not to like do other drugs. Uh, so I haven't engaged with all of that stuff, but um, all I'm sure it's tracking all that stuff too. Oh yeah. So like Definitely. if you start drinking, then <laughs> it's not just a free stat boost. It'll come back and haunt you. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of depth mechanical, the surface level of what a dice roll is, isn't that complex and you're not like doing any tactical stuff, but it still has, um, it's more than just like, go here, talk to this person, make a choice, go here, talk to this person, make a choice has more going on than that. Nice. Uh, well, speaking of mechanics, I've been playing things that are much more mechanically complex than Disco Elysium. Somehow, I lost an entire day today to League of Legends. An entire day? It sounds like it was an entire week. Uh, well, I, that was what I was doing, like, in the evenings. I, I, I played a lot of League, but, like, today, it was, it, I was like, oh, no, it was one more game, one more team fight tactics round, and then it was 9 p.m., and I went, oh, no. Yeah, it's dangerous for that stuff, definitely. Like, I, this, that was what happened to me, and, like, college like i just played so much league and it was a problem i i still got my shit done for classes and whatnot better than in high school but same and same here yeah yeah but yeah it was tactics jesus christ oh yeah no it's like so i only played a little (laughs) bit of a little bit of underlords i played like half the tutorial on mobile for underlords or something back when it came out (laughs) and i was like this is no i don't think so and then I played Teamfight Tactics. I was like, oh, I see. I know who these characters are. I know what these items are. That's really think, interesting yeah, to me. I think that does make a difference. I actually don't think it makes a difference yeah, at all, I, which I think it's interesting. I think I'm probably wrong because enough people have said that it makes a difference that it clearly does. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong and it doesn't make a difference because your feelings are valid. But I, like, mm-hmm. I think the characters are so they're simple enough in those games, like they only do one of their abilities yeah. and then have like a passive thing. I don't think it's that if you've already internalized a MOBA before, I don't think it's that hard to like learn the characters. Cause it's not even a full set of the, the characters. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, if you just like the characters in league more, that's enough of a reason to prefer it. So, yeah. And, uh, like I said, I put like half the tutorial and it was, like hearing about like the length of games at that time when it was, it was like 45 minutes for an auto chess game or whatever. Yeah. That was that the time. worst part and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I don't need this in my life. Yeah, uh, and so now coming back to league of legends recently, uh, like my ping is like 180 since I'm, my account is on the North American server and I've got all my stuff is on that account. Uh, I've been playing on there and, there's no way I'm doing Summoner's Rift with 180 ping. I could, but it's just it'd be a bad. Play time. Arams. Yeah, exactly. So I play Aram, uh, all random, all mid. Uh, that's fun. Uh, and then team fight tactics, and just the time just melts away, and I go, <laughs> oh no, I've been playing for like eight hours. 
Uh, yeah. So if you're unaware of what auto chess or team fight tactics is, is uh, you t- they have taken the characters, the champions from League of Legends, put them on like a chess like board where you draft your characters every round, kind of you buy them and select from draft pools, depending on the part of the round. And then you put them on the f- board and then you fight against each other uh, and hope you win. Now, I is in underlords does it have like the champion synergy stuff or the hero synergy yes oh yeah okay yeah that's a that's a core auto chess so you've got like the oh this is a ranger character yep Yep. okay you know you get three of one type of character and then it unlocks yeah Yeah. so i've just been i've been sitting looking at uh like a tier list like okay who's good okay (laughs) trying to figure out like how to how to draft my teams i i won once today and then I got like second and third a few times after that. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know if I like it, but it's eating away my time and it needs <laughs> to stop. I, I can't, I can't go on like this. Yeah. That's kind of, that was my arc as well. I was like, okay, I'm understanding this. And by the end I was like, yeah, I think I'm good, but like I can appreciate like the things it does super well. Like it is, it is really fascinating and mechanically like, yeah, those synergies and how that affects and like the bonuses yeah. and like it does make each round a little bit unique. Like, but I, I made a guy like rage quit. I think he was so mad <laughs> because he like we because like our round came up like we we fought and then he said, "What the fuck? This kid has three level threes and I can't get anything I want." I'm oh, like, wait, is there chat? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's full chat in. The- oh <laughs> yeah. Okay, Which so don't, I have uh, not run into just has problem. like. Oh yeah. Like, no. So this is the only person I have seen get <laughs> mad, but he is like, this kid has fucking three level threes. And I can't get anything I want. I'm like, I'm sorry. So he's go fuck yourself. What champions do I need to synergize that ability? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got full full league salt mode. Yeah. I will say though, having um getting back to playing, I've been playing like a couple of ARAMs a week, probably. I haven't been playing it a ton, but um I haven't I'm not good because i haven't been playing it that heavily uh and hadn't played in a long time and no one's been like terrible to me so yeah uh it seems like th- i'm sure that if i was playing summoners rift it would be worse um yeah. they've but, done a lot of good stuff with like chat banning people who are yeah rude um and stuff like that so like because yeah. they won't necessarily just ban you right away though but they'll take away your ability to chat with people so right you can still play uh, but you can't say anything so yeah helps. um i've had some pretty dismal uh aram games where i've gone like three and 12 or whatever and not gotten shit on which never used to happen Mm -hmm. um and so anyway yeah uh, i think the differences between underlords and tft are really fascinating um and i do like those games quite a lot um i totally understand where you guys are coming from and like not being sure if you think they're fun but um I, I find them quite entertaining. Uh, and I think leagues like TFT, it's weird. I like the playing TFT kind of more in terms of, I like the hex based board. I like the way their synergies work a little more, I think. Um, and I like the ways that the items work. That's the coolest thing. I think that TFT does over underlords is, in Underlords, you just kind of get 
items. You you finish a, a round where you fight against neutral creeps, and then you get a choice to pick one of three items. Um, whereas with TFT, the items drop when you kill the neutral creeps in those rounds, but it's a little bit more like... Sometimes you can get two items or sometimes, sometimes it's gold or sometimes yeah. you get three heroes or three champions. And you're like, okay, that's I yeah. It's like, stuff. they're like drops and you like run your little player character over to pick up the drops. Um, and then the items build. So one, you can't take items off of champions. Yeah. Once you put them on, unless you sell the champion, then the item pops off of them. But then you also can combine two basic items to get a advanced item. So that stuff I think is cool and more interesting than the way that underlords does it, where you're just getting an item and you can freely move them around. Uh, and then I also like TFT has the roulette round where there's like a bunch of champions walking in a circle and, um, they're randomized. Yeah. It's like a little draft thing. Like whoever is in last place gets to pick first. But even and, then, if like the character you want is on the opposite side yeah. or like it's just weird. past you, then you've got to like run around. Yeah. And somebody else, like, let's say you Can, want the like epic character that has an item attached that you really want. And they're on the opposite side of the spinning roulette wheel. You have to like click over to it and maybe somebody else gets there. Yeah. turn before you get there and then they can steal it from you i and actually have done that to people yeah. a couple times and it isn't like you can just click on the character because if you just click on the character they'll make a beeline for it but then the first character or the first like champion they touch will then get grabbed selected so you, yeah you have to it's like, a really weird deliberate. little thing it's actually a very dota thing because it's it's like a weird little bit of micro that you have to do yeah it, in certain rounds but I like all that stuff a lot. Um, I like the interface a lot. Uh, it's lacking in information in a way that is a little frustrating at times. But uh, I have um, Blitz GG installed. And if you run that overlay, it'll give you like uh, up in the corner, it'll place like a rundown of all the items that you can mouse over. Uh-huh. So you can kind of see like what all the combinations do. Um, but they're basically their equivalents in the core game. So yeah. if you know what a static shiv does, then it's it does the same thing in TFT pretty much. I, I just want to know if it's good or not. Okay. Gotta get that tier list. Get a div- I mean the S tier yeah. items, baby. Get some divine rapiers. The flip side though is that BKB. Um, <laughs> Underlords, they've done so much work on all of the peripheral stuff. Like now it has that knockout mode, which the games take like 10 minutes, which is really cool. Yeah. TFT games still take like 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. depending. They're still kind of long, whereas knockout mode is like super quick, which is fun. Um, it has duos, which is really fun. My partner and I play a fair number of the duos games, and those are a blast because you um, you and your partner, you fight against another team of two, and uh, you can, and then the damage is tallied across everything so like if i win really hard and my partner loses really hard it evens out and just like no damage is dealt um or if your team just like bodies the other team you can deal like 40 damage in a round uh out of 100 health um and then you're also like able to freely trade gold and characters back and forth Mm -hmm. and you get different shop pulls every round so like your partner will get like might get something you need so it actually feels a little less rng e because your um the the because you have like a wider range of things you can do as long as you're sort of talking to your partner um and then it also has ui to say like hey your partner has one of these you should buy it for them uh so 
Uh, I like that stuff. And then they also introduced the underlords themselves after a while, which are like characters that have talents that you choose as you level up, like over the course of the rounds, um, are which is kind of different neat. from Dota characters or are they? No, yeah, like, they're not Dota characters. Okay. Hmm. They're, they're new, um, like an Essex, and I forget what the guy is called, but an is like a summoner. She summons minions that add to your board. And then the other guy is like a nuker. He does, uh, damage and you pick their talents. It's not as they level up. It's, it's as you level up, it's over at certain rounds, everyone gets to pick a talent. Um, and that stuff's really cool. Uh, and then I also love what uh, Underlords does with its jail, where every 24 hours, a different set of characters just gets banned, like locked out. Uh, they yeah. won't show up. Um, and it can be anywhere from like five or six characters to like 20 characters. Um, so that makes it interesting because like sometimes they're really quick with patching um, to try to do balance fixes. But some days it's like motherfucker this like juggernaut is just like in every game that i play and then you'll come back the next day and juggernaut will be in jail so it's it keeps it dynamic keeps it like interesting yeah um but uh but 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 team fight tactics has has really cool stuff too so it's kind of hard to say which one's like better free juggernaut (laughs) from his jail uh and yeah uh they they've done a with like the ARAM and the like the game proper, like the actual MOBA stuff, they they're changing so much stuff in that game, and I I can't I can't keep up with it. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I mean I've I've not played like I played a little bit last year, but then even before that, it had been a long time since I played just because living in Japan and whatnot. And champions that got reworked like eh, two years ago, maybe three years ago. I go in and I'm like, you know, doing some uh, ARAMs. I'm like, oh, Mordekaiser, I know him. Oh, uh, yeah. And then suddenly he does his, like, ultimate. And I'm like, what is this? Why am I in this ghost arena? Where did everybody else go? <laughs> it's just yeah. me and Mordekaiser on the spectral plane. What the fuck is this? Um, I don't know what these moves do. And so that's it's very or like I get a champion. I'm like, I don't I don't know what you do anymore. And then it shows Who that's why you? I've been. And then it shows you a generator and it's like, do you want to save th- these people or those people? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's the trolley problem. But a mobile. Uh, you <laughs> you um, that's part of why I've been playing a lot of ARAMs because I'm at a total loss for what a lot of characters do outside yeah. of their archetypes because they've changed so much. And ARAMs are a good way because it pulls from the pool of characters you own, like you're not going to roll characters you don't have unless so, free that week. Yeah, right. Of course. But it means that largely you're playing against characters that people are actually playing in summoners rift because why else would they own them? Unless there's someone who just buys everything. I get that those people exist, but stuff comes in and out of meta. And I know, I know. So, but I guess more what I'm getting at is it's not like you're getting, you don't see a lot of like super niche really hyper specific characters in a Ram unless someone plays that role. So it's character you get to kind of as a helpful way to like learn how some of the characters is working are working is by like roundabout. Yeah. Uh, thing. But um, then people do like weird builds, like got AP Nasus where he's, excuse me, he's not supposed to be, he, he does ability power. He's a, he's a big dog. He's a, he's a dog man, like Anubis kind of, and yeah, he, he looks like Anubis, and he uh, he does like magic stuff, but he's supposed to be a tank, 
but then you build a like magic power on him, ability power, and then he just does too much damage. I think he's in meta right now too. Um, yeah, so it's but, uh, people or like AP Malphite or it's basically you just take any champion and you put him like a ability power but, on him and then yeah. just become too strong. Because in 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 league, the way it works is like your basic attacks do physical damage and your skills do ability damage. Generally, yeah. there I know there are some yeah. that don't, but it's not like there aren't like strength, intelligence, and magic characters like in Dota. It's characters are generally either they focus on their attack damage or they focus on their ability power or their tanks um, or they do like something weird. Um, But it means that like a character may be like a tank and it may have like a stun that does X amount of damage. But if you stack shitloads of AP on them, then suddenly that one stun ability is like enough to like take out a lower health champion in like take out a third of their health or whatever. So it's funny. It's it's a it's, yeah, ARAM is a weird, cool thing that I really yeah. enjoy playing. Yeah, and uh, people are generally pretty chill in it because it's not tied to like rank or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I played with a uh, with a rioter actually, uh, yeah, cool. a person from Riot, and they did like the boost thing where you get like a everyone in the team gets like a skin to use, and you get like extra like currency afterwards. And so I got to play as the uh, Sailor Moon Star Guardian Zoe, which is always yeah. fun. I got to hand nice. it to them, too. Not that I I find Dota's systems of like unlocking cosmetics to be pretty arcane at this point. It's really like there's some stuff you can just straight up buy and that's great. But like the like drop stuff in Dota now is hard for me to wrap my head around. Um but I got to hand it to them in league. They do a good job of the way that all that stuff works is pretty clear. Um, it's still, you you still have to like kind of learn it, but it's basically like you'll get like shards for characters and skins. And over time, if you collect enough shards, you unlock the thing, or you can also use them basically as like a discount towards just buying the thing. Um, it's really cool and very smart. I think uh, like I have shards for like a zig skin and I never play zigs, but as I get more shards, I can just like either get it for free and it's cool that I just have it. Or if I get really into zigs and I want to get that skin, I could get it for like half off because I have half the shards I need to craft it. Um, I really like that system. I think it's, it's cool and intuitive. Yeah. It's, it's random enough that like people will still want to buy the yeah. stuff, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it it feels like a nice bonus as someone who played that game before any of that stuff was yes. available when it was just like you buy everything. It's kind of cool now that there is some system of like it's kind of loot boxy because you're you are pulling them from chests, but it's doesn't feel like super exploitative or anything because um, worst case is going to be like, oh, I don't really care about this character. I'm just going to leave this shard sitting here yeah. Um, or yeah. or turn it into currency either way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's League of Legends. It's still a game, a game that I think is very good. Teamfight Tactics, I'm undecided on, but the rest of I, it, I am, I am. It's oh god, it's good. It's I bad. also, I it's also bad think bad that in they, a good way. Like Dota, um, this isn't a knock against Dota because I think for a lot of people they want this, but when you hit play in Dota now, there's like ten different modes that pop up. It's got like turbo mode and like turbo draft and, you know, captain's mode and all pick. And it gives you all of that stuff 
like right up front when you hit play. Whereas I do appreciate in league, it's pretty clean where when you click play, it's like summoners rift, a Ram or team fight tactics. You can dig into custom games and stuff. If you want to, there's like a little button for it in the corner, but if you're someone who's new to MOBAs, it's very clear and very easy to just get playing. You're not necessarily going to have to like stare at a screen and go like, oh shit, well, what does this mean versus this? Instead, it's very what, much what like... What is captain's mode versus captain's draft? Yeah. Exactly. And so again, it's <laughs> really not a criticism of Dota because if you're a Dota player, you want access to all those modes. But um, it is nice as someone who is playing MOBAs really casually right now. Yeah. Like I'm playing a few games of smite and a few games of league a week right now. It is really nice to boot up league and just click like a very simple menus to pick what I want to do. Um, I appreciate yeah, that. You need to keep it simple because it's for babies. <laughs> I don't know, man, the new <laughs> season joking. stuff. I, th- I almost wonder the new season stuff for league is really cool, but I almost wonder if like someone at valve got wind of the patch notes and they were like, Holy shit. Quick. We need to put in 69 new items. <laughs> One v one me into River Alex, because <laughs> uh, because league season changes are pretty wild too. Cool. Like the dragon is like they different. changed the map. Yeah, they changed the map layout a little bit, and the, it's a stupid thing though. Did and drag, did they yeah. move Roshan from the right to the left? No, sort of. Well, they didn't move they Roshan. Did they they put in the corners. They put like an extra little like. A ring thing you can go in it's weird like basically where the secret shop is and not secret shop side shop is yep. in dota there was never anything there now there's like a place you can go there so there's a ring but there's it, a ring thing does it have you doing like overhead presses and like no, bows no. And, uh it no, doesn't it's, have, you gotta run through it oh, okay it's like a place you can like duck out of the lane to go hide i guess oh, okay. but like if someone sees you do it then they can just corner you in there so <laughs> But then you you put a ward down, then your whole team teleports to it, and then you got a explosive team fight. What a ward! What? Yeah, yeah, ward. They're they're free. <laughs> they're free in in Dota now too. <laughs> Wait, you can teleport? You can TP to wards in oh, yeah. league? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. You just you put teleport on like your F key, and then you teleport. So in league, teleport is a spell. Oh right. Yeah. It's not an item. You don't buy it's scrolls. Like, oh, just like. <laughs> So one of my favorite things is uh, people always debate where does flash go, and so your your summoner spells, which flash is one of, uh-huh. go you put on flash the, on F, D and F. No, you put flash on D, D for flash. <laughs> no, yes, you put it on absolutely. F because F has a F has a, a nub. You can always find F. You can always get your hand at finger to F. You can always finger F. Yes, you can always finger F. And after flash, you just there's a lot of reasons to pay respects. I'm pretty sure I also have my spell keys set to F and G, (laughs) not not D and F. Wow, Wow. custom turbo extreme gamer. It's just so I don't bump the D key and and use a spell. Uh, Executive decision here. We need to move on from League of Legends. (laughs) As much as I I love, as much as I love League of Legends, uh, we we do need to move on. Um, Alex. Crickets? Yeah, I was playing uh, that cricket game that what got banned from Steam. Oh, Ash- a- Ashes? Yeah, no. I, I, Don Bradman? Yep. Don Bradman's what? Ashes. There, there's a cricket, cricket game on Apple Arcade. Oh, yeah, there totally it's, is. <laughs> there like, is. Really I thought about installing cr- that. I, I installed it on the iPad I bought. And it looks like trash. It's 
it's like a goofy thing. It gets cricket through the ages. The icon is, oh, a, that's is right. a dinosaur okay. holding a cricket bat. I was and, thinking of something else. And it's <laughs> like, I, it might be trash. Uh, it's possible. It's multiplayer. It can be at least you can play it single player or multiplayer. And then you're like throwing balls at dinosaurs. Like it's like the development of cricket and you're throwing balls at dinosaurs and Always jousting and stuff. And then there's a rocket and I couldn't fly the rocket. It was too hard. So I don't, I don't I played like five minutes. No, there's a sports game on there. It's not cricket. Oh no. But it's like a serious sports game and I did not look very good. Well, that's, I have no comment on that. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not actually play cricket. It's because I didn't actually play any games this week. <laughs> okay. Well, we can talk about Watchmen. We can talk about. Uh, I have not I feel seen like it. We can't talk about we, Watchmen without Sam. We can talk about Attack on Titans manga. Uh, we can talk about. Had, we can talk about the. I'm reading the book. Um, wait, what's it called? <laughs> I'm reading One Piece. Oh God! Right. No, I don't want to talk about One Piece. I'm sorry. We can talk about the gum 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 pistol. We can talk about oh, the, the gum gum pistol. Super stupid. But um, we have I've been reading the book Tiny Beautiful Things. If you want to talk about that, but no, what, we were already like what an hour and a half into this. Yeah, let's uh, don't need to talk can, about we, bullshit. So we can talk about League more. Uh, yeah, we can talk about the ten million dollar settlement that Riot's paying out yeah. to okay. the women who worked from like 2014, what, the last five years. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, gender discrimination lawsuit against Riot in the state of California uh, has been going on for some time. Uh, was this was this tied to the walkout this year? Last year? This uh, year? I think it, uh, I don't know when any of this happened. What is tangentially, tied, tangentially? But I don't yeah, believe this was one of their conditions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I believe was, that these are the cases that this is one of the cases that they forced into arbitration. Um, maybe yeah that that it's it is tied to the fourth arbitration stuff but yeah. it's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing yeah. yeah uh so yeah basically riot was accused of underpaying women discriminating against them in their workplace not giving them opportunities or paying them less that kind of stuff and uh they settled out of court because of course they would and paying 10 million out to like 10 million total out to any woman who worked there from like 2014 to 2019, I believe. Uh, yeah. And it riot is got, has had problems, probably still has problems, but from accounts from people, there are things are getting better, uh, at the studio. Uh, culture is changing, uh, slowly or not. I don't know. And it, Totally, it sounds like there are that people who have been problem people, um, men who have been problem people specifically, have been made to feel less like ex, like that their problematic behavior has been less accepted from people that I have. I mean, I don't have like hot sources or whatever, but like I do know a couple people that work there um, and have heard that the that culture there is a noticeable culture shift that yeah. is trying to happen um it's the people that i know there that work there are men so i uh, take that with a grain of salt because they're not the people that were being that felt like the workplace was hostile towards uh, them in the first place some men it sounded like did with the whole ball tap thing oh yeah yeah for sure i'm not saying that that didn't exist but yeah. these men in particular 
would not be very like I don't know how good at reading what it's like to be a woman at riot sure. they are. Um, but their perception, I mean, I think they're pretty decent people myself and their perception is that things have, um, continued to sort of improve or attempts have at least have been made. And I've heard about a couple of super toxic people, the guy who worked on avatar and, um, does the dragon prince. Uh, uh, oh, you, that guy, the Aaron. Yeah. He sounds like whatever. a total dirtbag. Um, yeah. And he was at riot during the peak of like this problematic shit. Um, like back in 2014, 2015, yeah. whatever. Um, so people like that, it seems like have kind of moved on and been sort of pushed out or left of their own volition. So hopefully things are improving there. I think the money is like, we got to see what that breaks out into per employee um, to know uh, if that's yeah. meaningful. Uh, and it, it's based on how long they were there and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Of course, if they settle out of court, they're, paying less than they would if like things went to court probably. Um, but they're paying less in fees for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, legal fees. And but stuff. yeah, like they can't, they're not going to have like a judge throw the book at them and go, all right, a hundred million dollars amongst those people or whatever. But yeah. Um, uh, another thing is I heard like, cause back when they did like their 10th anniversary stuff in like what, September, October, like I, they announced like a bunch of games and someone from where I was saying that like all the games they announced were helmed by people of color or women. And so that, you know, that seems to be a shift at least um, where those people are being put in more uh, prominent positions and in charge and directing games. So hopefully that pans out. Yeah, we can hope. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I don't know. I just, they're a big studio. I just hope it's not, saving face like it's not just an arbitrary i'm putting this person of color or a woman there yeah. for image oh. like as long you yeah. know like i imagine all these people are super qualified like i don't actually know any of them yeah. i haven't looked at their their cvs yeah. or whatever but like i i just hope that it's not just riot trying to save face and placate people it, and i hope it is yeah. actually a shift for the better it i think they would have been more vocal about it yeah it been, this was just like one tweet i saw from like yeah. maybe someone who worked there and that could be like oh we're gonna do like some subtle pr and, right okay tweet yep. this out please that's totally fair uh but yeah um hopefully yeah hopefully that pans out agreed uh and uh, that actually ties into another bit of news that i forgot uh but i'm gonna add in right now riot announced they're going to be working with third parties to make games in the league universe. Yeah, like Riot weird. Forge is like the initiative or something. I, uh, they'll be, yeah. yeah, they're going to be making more games based in the league universe. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, I hope it goes well for th- like, obviously I hope it goes well, but like, I hope they don't. My hope is that that kind of more means like, Hey, you want to make a card game? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, they, they have a card game card that card they're game. making, so that's a bad example. But like, you want to make, wanna make a, Elysium, but in so that's what I'm worried about is I don't know how explicitly it's about video games, Shaolin or monks, if it's, but what if they make I got the they make a 4x and they go to Sid Meier's. That's kind of the <laughs> Sid Meier's <laughs> League of Legends. <laughs> that's the stuff I kind of wore. I don't know. I would hate for the for there to be 30 different video games all Kurt, based on. Oh, my God. That thing creative assembly doing a league of legends tactics or like strategy game. That stuff would be interesting. But what I'm worried about is that it's going to go the route of Warhammer where it's like some unproven developer in a like European sure. country 
that is not that has never made a game before scrape together money to get a license and then puts out something that is like broken and not good. Uh, or uh, or they get. I feel like Riot wouldn't do that. Maybe who knows? Uh, Agreed. We for I mean, I always thought that for a long time, I thought Games Workshop would never do that. And now there's like a billion trash Warhammer games. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Sure. I'm I. <laughs> My hope is that this Riot Forge thing uh, is also a, a way for people to make, like, if you wanted to make a board game or if you wanted to make um, some, like, cool figures or something, that it's a way for them to make it easier to license art and concepts out to stuff outside of video games, too. What? But I don't remember if that's something that they talked about at all in the announcement. Get Peter Molyneux. Oh, God. Peter Molyneux. Curiosity Cube. Peter Molyneux and Dennis Dyack working together, finally. <laughs> I could also see cool stuff like I mean again they're coming out with like a tactical shooter and a card game yeah. um and a fighting game but it could be cool to see like um it, to see like league characters guest in other games too sure. like I don't know how open they would be to that given that they're producing games across multiple competitive genres now put timo in smash (laughs) well that's kind of what i'm getting at like stuff like that would be would be clever and fun i think um like you know you get a halo yeah or like you get a halo skin that's like i don't know a a helmet or something from (laughs) 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 that ties in with wild rift i don't know that sort of stuff i find kind of fun um like right now smite i don't I actually kind of dislike the show. Uh, I don't really get it. There's um, a shuttle. Nah, let me finish. I don't like, <laughs> no, there's not. I'm going, I'm getting there. Uh, so they have a, their current battle pass is themed around Ruby. Um, oh, okay. So like all the skins are basically turn characters from smite into Ruby characters. And like, I have a lot of issues with rooster teeth and um, I have no interest in ever watching an episode of Ruby. Um, Cause what I saw of it, I did not like, what, but what happened um, with rooster teeth. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of, they've had, I mean, most recently, um, they, one of their fairly prominent people like was arrested for domestic abuse and stuff. And then they fired him, but like they last I checked, hadn't made any kind of statement about it or anything. And they've had issues there. Like I have. I don't have sources for this stuff because it's all Twitter stuff that I heard that's from a while ago, but there's, there's been talk that like, it's not necessarily the best to be a woman that works there. Um, if you go back and like, there's a lot of red versus blue stuff that has not aged well at all. Like they used to throw the R word around like almost every other episode, which I hadn't remembered, but I watched some of it and I was like, wow, (laughs) this stuff was pretty bad in some ways um uh, but so, i mean uh, if they're not using it now like standards have changed and whatnot but i i yeah i i have kind of issues with i i side eye brewster teeth a lot exactly i'm not saying i'm not trying to launch some campaign uh yeah. if you like ruby that's cool You've i am not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with liking that but uh but yeah i don't know i, I i've also heard some stuff about bernie burns just being kind of a major dick uh before and uh if he wants to prove me wrong we i'd be happy to <laughs> invite him, him on this show 
Yeah, he's welcome to come on the show anytime. But <laughs> debate me, uh, Bernie Burr. <laughs> there, there was a. I never really understood it, but that's part of the um, part of the the gag from what I have gathered of the whole like giant bomb. There was a while where like giant bomb and rooster teeth were trading like best podcast awards yeah. from the webbies or something. Um, and uh, Jeff always kind of like didn't talk about it. People would ask it about it at Q and A's like, what do you feel about rooster teeth winning this year? And if at the time it always just seemed like a joke, but I think there's also a like kind of, direct desire to not cross those streams from the, the giant pump folks to not like, yeah, get involved with rooster teeth stuff. Well, uh, especially after that fallout four thing, but like, I don't the, even remember that. That just, Oh, I'll, they uh, had a podcast where they're sitting around wearing like the pit boys, like from the special edition of fallout four. And they're like, Oh, these high and mighty game de- or you know games critics who with their cheese and giving you know giving Fallout Four like a three right, out of yeah, five or yeah, whatever, yeah. and they, very directly yeah. talking about Jeff Gersman's score, and it was yeah. it's just a ridiculous video. That's right. It was zero self awareness. Anyway, I don't have a bunch of you should not you should not boycott Rooster Teeth based on my icky feelings about them. You uh, showed up based on I don't mine. have I don't have a bunch of sources for this stuff. I've just. <laughs> I've, uh, mine is based impression. purely in fact you can find that video on youtube go watch it yeah you'll see my impression is that it's yeah uh shenanigans there was some stuff at an rtx that i heard that was not great for people attending it got dealt with maybe some shitty harassment stuff that wasn't handled very well i don't know there's a lot of that kind of yeah hearsay well, going that has gone around around their products yeah. hearsay hearsay. yeah uh, exactly moving on uh hey nephew i got some news for you oh god snoop dog is being added uh, it has been added has been added will has been added hey nephew i got news for you snoop dog is gonna be in nhl 20 20 20 which is currently trying to make it trying to make it rhyme with nephew and you it's, but it's 20, a very 20 weird doesn't rhyme with that i fuck beyond up. the general strangeness of it it's also weird because like aki's done like and very I mean, white why does snoop well, yeah. like hockey is i mean he's a he's an entrepreneur he's he's a renaissance man he can do whatever he wants but i guess i, I when i think hockey i don't think well the snoop d-o-double-g yeah and like hockey's, I guess hockey's not done. It's starting again. So, uh, do you have a cold? Do you have a cold room? Hockey's playing. Yeah. Wait, when does hockey? What is wrong with me? When does hockey start? I'm probably way off. I haven't paid attention to hockey in a while. No idea. I thought I thought I remembered reading that he also randomly is your commentator. Like it's not like DLC or something you pay for. It's that that's it's very that funny. Just sometimes Snoop Dogg will be commentating on your game. <laughs> I read that somewhere. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. I I don't have NHL 20, so <laughs> yeah. The Stanley Cup is uh, in May. So. Yeah, what am I talking about? It's hockey started in October. I I, I I went from living in a state where hockey happens all the time, like throughout the year, to not at all at any time. So <laughs> forgive me for, uh, uh, yeah. being uh, a, for brain farting on that. Do we have any? Uh... Any choice quotes, Alex, from Snoop Dogg's commentary? No, it's exactly what you would expect. It's just him saying, oh, D-O-double-G here. Like, there's a whole video of him just saying 
like basically just saying, yeah, Snoop Dogg coming at you. Like, it's, did he did he make a song like for Gran Turismo three? No, not so far as I'm aware. Oh. I wish he did though. That, uh, damn, <laughs> that that song that song was pretty good. Uh, yeah, the twenty fifth anniversary of the PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> that's a segue. Uh, he was in those Spyro commercials. What? Was he? Wait, what? Snoop? Yeah. Yeah, he was in commercials for the Spyro trilogy. Those, that's a PlayStation oh, thing. Like I mean, it's not video. really a PlayStation oh, thing, but not the original it was Spyro at trailers. one point. No, oh, no, okay. the new, the reignited trilogy. Gotcha. He, he oh. there was like this, like wait, okay. really good. Did he, you should did look he up. like light a blunt on with Spyro? <laughs> no, <Did> Spyro <laughs> light his blunt. He, sh- but Spyro does oh. blow fire at him at one point, and he kind of gives a knowing look. <laughs> at least I'm. I think it is a knowing look. Oh man, missed opportunity. Legalize well, marijuana so so Spyro can. <laughs> Lights and smoke down with uh, with Snoop. My God! Uh, no, I want him. I want them to 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 both have their own blunt. Um, <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, I didn't say that he couldn't. No, he just needs to light Snoop's. Those commercials are very good. It's like a drone Spyro thing flies over his like studio or something, and then like lands in his parking lot and gives him a copy of the reignited trilogy. You should look them up. They're good. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of things that are good, the PlayStation, in my opinion, is good. PlayStation and it's, the first? Yeah, yeah. and it's it, it, all of them. I like all of them. I'm, I've been PlayStation from birth the, till death. The PlayStation TV? Uh, I did not use a PlayStation TV. I did not own a Vita. Uh, but the PlayStation 1 through 4, as they're... Those are some quality consoles. Even though when I got my PlayStation at age five, I did not receive a memory card. <laughs> so I played through like the first half or three quarters of Spyro many times. Yep. Never beat it. You're like just playing a little bit of Ape Escape every here and there. And then I'd, have, then I'd be like, oh man, I'm playing Harry Potter. Oh man, I got so far this time. Okay, I'm going to leave it on. I'm going to turn off the TV and then we're going to go. And then I come back and I'm like, why is it off? What happened? Did you did you know that memory cards existed and you didn't have one? Uh, I was I was five. I didn't, okay. know, I didn't know shit. No, fair. I'm just curious because that makes it better if you weren't aware that you could have been saving your I, Well, no, I, I think I was like, wait, why do I have to do it again? And yeah. And then it took a long time to get a memory card. And then eventually I did. Uh, but it took a long, I, I was aware, like, ah, I can't save like eventually. Yeah. But yeah. So then like we were leaving, I was like, okay, I turned, I turned off the TV, but the PlayStation's on. And then I saw my mom turn it off. I'm like, no, my, my <laughs> Harry Potter progress. <laughs> Uh, it was the, fir- <laughs> the first game. Oh man, that game was good. I played Bubsy 3D on the PlayStation One. That was a mistake. Oh, I just go to the James cool. Terrell retrospective. I wish, <laughs> man, that version is so much better. Where you go to hell and blow up that Applebee's. But uh, yep. did did Bubsy 3D on the PlayStation have a verbosity slider? No, it did not. <laughs> That's, oh. That is an improvement in the recent games. <laughs> uh, just quipped. Yeah, okay. Uh I I like the PlayStation. It's been my platform of choice uh since I was 5 years old. Uh they make the games I like. Uh happy happy 25th anniversary PlayStation. I've always kind of I'm I've never really had a specific like at times I've enjoyed Nintendo's output more, at times I've enjoyed mm-hmm. Microsoft's output more. Like I think the 1X having both a Pro and a 1X now, I think the 1X is like the 
better console technically, but at the same time, um, I think that, you know, it's hard to argue that anything other than Sony having a better set of first party games, this generation, um, which is having first party games. Yeah. I mean, again, I would say that like Forza is very good and gears is fine. Like it's like killer instinct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, micro, but I think the thing is that, you know, if you're someone who has a PC, then those games aren't really exclusive to Xbox, which is a good thing. But um, even outside of that, I look at like I've played like played and liked two Xbox One games, and that was Forza Horizon Three and Forza Horizon Four. <laughs> and everything else, I've yeah. Been like, eh, I no. have a similar. Um, I don't think that I'm not a big Naughty Dog fan. I mean, respect for what they do technically, but sure given that their output is like a fairly decent chunk of the PS4 exclusive, like big PS4 exclusive games. I mean, uncharted Uncharted four and uncharted four, the expansion to uncharted four and last of us. And now last of us two coming like, but last of us was a PS3 game is just remastered. I guess uh, calling it a big chunk of the PlayStation four lineup is I'd say, maybe not, maybe not a lot. There there are a lot of, PlayStation games. <laughs> I can think of um, two, three off the top of my head that really this generation that have been really impactful to me. God of War, and I can think of God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, and um, uh, Spider Man. Um, Spider Man, I think it's bullshit that that's a PS4 exclusive. Frankly, uh, like okay. yes, they own that studio now, but. It's just, I don't know. I that that has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way that they locked up a character like that. You can blame uh, John Drake for that one. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> I'll blame whoever. Uh, I mean, I don't. I get it, but it's also. I think it sucks that that character is tied to a, a platform exclusivity. Um, yeah. But well, uh, uh, but yeah, we get uh, what uh, Yuri. What what's his name? Yuri. Oh, uh, uh, like Lowenthal. Yuri Lowenthal. The voice. Of yeah, Thursday. we get Yuri Lowenthal drunk, and he can call. Um, <laughs> and call John Kutera and cry a little bit, and tell him that he wants Spider Man to be free and to be on both consoles. Yeah. How about how about <laughs> but, Bloodborne? Uh, well, so that's the thing I was going to say is that I think that um, one Bloodborne I haven't actually like I played a good bit of it but it's not fair for me to like i don't think it's fair for me to say like i love that game because i haven't finished it before i'm planning on trying to do that next year um but i think that because sony the playstation was a much stronger console for like the first half of the generation Mm -hmm. it means that there's a lot of de facto stuff like yakuza wasn't coming out on the xbox for example like so they have a lot of kind of console exclusive games and games that are better on playstation that is kind of tied to Microsoft's poor performance in the first half of the generation. So mm-hmm. I, and a lot of that stuff is coming to Xbox now. So it's hard for me to like, like all the Yakuza games are coming to Xbox and kingdom hearts is coming to Xbox. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Again, like the only current gen game I get it is kingdom hearts three and that released on both. But, uh, the, those collections are coming to Xbox. So I am less of a, um, the, I, I personally for my taste, there's a little less disparity between the two than for a lot of people. Um, Cause like I enjoy Forza Horizon four 
a lot more than most Sony stuff, other than those three that I kind of mentioned. Um, so I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with it because I understand that the general, it feels to me like the general consensus is all of Sony's games are really incredible and holy shit, they have the best software and Microsoft's trash and their first party output is garbage. And I think that's a little, it, it may, it rubs me the wrong way because it's like, it feels console worry in a way that's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm just, I just like, I tried God, uh, gears of war five and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. It's the same thing it was before, I guess. And if you still want that, that's great. But uh man that was a bummer and yeah uh i want them to be making more games and i'm hopeful based on like the stuff they've been saying with like their studio acquisitions and stuff uh i'm hopeful to be more interested in what they're putting out but yeah everything most most things i have played that they've like been like pushing uh i have ended up going uh like i can see what they're going for but then i just yeah. end up not caring for it, which is totally fair. Um, yeah. I also think that like that perception in part is going to continue to come from the fact that they make their games more open and available on a wider range of platforms. Like Minecraft could be an Xbox exclusive. And if Minecraft was an Xbox exclusive, like that would be one of the games, whether or not it resonates with us, that would be one of the things that's like, well, Microsoft has Minecraft. And yeah. I think that's on a level of like, at this point, Nintendo having Pokemon, if they locked that exclusive up because Minecraft is still super popular, yeah. but they don't do that because that's not how they seem to operate. Same thing with like double finds output now could be my, could be Xbox exclusive. I don't get the impression that it, it'll be at least on PC um, yeah. and at least well, coming yeah. to steam and other platforms like it always has. Yep. Um, I, but also that Microsoft is starting to put out all their stuff on steam. And that's what I'm getting at though. Yeah. yeah. So, so it doesn't feel the same. If last of us came out on steam, you, it wouldn't, I don't think that it would feel as closely tied to Sony as it does. I mean, you did find the quantic dreams games coming out on PC. Like that's one thing, but like they're also not a first party studio, but like, yeah. I don't know for me, I think you guys are both right in that i think microsoft yeah. especially since like the the phil spencer phil spencer days i don't know the era of phil spencer it had they've been so much better in their service side and like you know reaching their tendrils further and further and actually being like pretty pretty well listening to their communities and to the greater community mm-hmm. as a whole whereas playstation among the same timeline has just become more and more like insular and but, like yeah. rejecting whatever feedback they're getting and just doing really dumb shit. So like they're still making really good first party games for the most part. And like their exclusives are usually worth picking up a uh, PlayStation for cause they're not putting them elsewhere. But I think yeah. Microsoft services are just significantly better right now. And I'm certainly not arguing that, that their that their first party outputs are really comparable either. It's just, I don't think that, that, Microsoft's I think I don't think it's fair and I'm not even trying to put these words in in anyone's mouth either but I don't think it's fair to say well the PlayStation's better because it has better games because at this point it's like you can say Sony's first party output is significantly better than Microsoft's first party output and more prolific but I think it's about a lot more than that at this point and like I would say mm -hmm. Sony's first party output has been more consistent 
Like you look at stuff like Crackdown, yeah, more varied. Yeah, and like, look, like, just put out more games. Yeah, like you look at yeah. Crackdown, and that was just a steaming pile. And like people feel one way or another about uh, Sunset Overdrive, and like, I mean, that's not first party, but still, you know, like exclusives. Uh, yeah. But like, and the thing is, like, third parties have also kind of migrated to PlayStation for the moment. I, I, and that was like install based stuff. Is, like, yeah. So I think that's maybe where people are coming from more is just because like it's become the primary platform. So they're like, Oh, I, I I'm invested in this because well, I put my money in it. But like, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is still dealing with like the ramifications of the metric era of, yeah. Oh, it's the all in one entertainment system. And you know, do you want to watch TV on your Xbox yeah. and like a, yeah. Yeah. Pulling away from like the game stuff. Yeah. Um, and like, but yeah, I, yeah. I hope they turn it around and make some interesting games. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to whatever the Xbox two is. So speaking of PlayStation, uh, they, sorry to steal your own segue, but no, yes, they, no, they, yes. they recently announced that there's going to be an event this, on the 10th, which is a couple days before the game awards. Yeah. Stealing Keely's thunder. Yeah. Do you, I don't think that event's going to be very much. Do, yeah, I was going to ask if they never are, but they said they're going to announce some new games. Uh, I bet it'll be small stuff. Yeah. Well, the rumor is resident evil three is being announced. That'll probably be their anchor which i i've been saying this whole time i expect it to be announced at the game awards uh but now like i could see it being announced at the uh during the state of play thing totally. because yeah. uh sony is had that co-marketing deal for two so i assume they have the same thing for three and seven so i don't see them stopping um yeah well so when do you think it comes out? Because I, I say in like January to March. Yeah, I, would, I, I, would, I think I would March is March great. as well because that's the end yeah. of the fiscal yeah. fiscal year. Yeah, and they keep it under wraps and like blah, it's out. <laughs> uh, it's out right now. That would be so great. I, oh my god, we, that would ruin game of the year for me. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it like a month ago or something, maybe less. But we were talking about like mm-hmm. okay, so if they do a Resident Evil Three remake what do they do to differentiate it from the Resident Evil 2 one? Because they kind of stole that yeah. idea from 2. Of yeah. the, I think it's, the it's a, just a much more open space. Cause yeah, that's like, what I'd be excited like about. The Nemesis being a bit more random than Mr. X. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think you can make him play. If you have a bigger space and he is just more mobile, you know, roaming more freely. And yeah. So yeah. to me, if he's always there somewhere, that's what would be cool yeah. to me is if he's always somewhere in the world, I mean, and Mr. X is out. once you get to that part of the game. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, like you're saying in a more open environment, yeah. if there's more, I haven't gotten far enough to encounter Mr. X, but is there, are there ways to like actually manipulate his movement over a large space? Yeah. Yeah. No, like once you, once he shows up, he is always present in the, uh, he is present for the period that he is like in the game and he is always moving around. You can hear him walking around and like looking for you. Right. And if you, if you like you run, he'll be like, Oh, I hear you. And he'll like start to make his way down to where you are. Um, I guess people what have I'm done thinking, stuff where they've like pulled the camera away to like watch what's happening. And it's really interesting. I guess what I'm thinking is take that whole concept a step further. And like nemesis is in front of your uh, building you need to get into and you set off a car alarm two blocks away and then he goes to yeah, investigate. That'd be cool. yeah, kind of thing that I'm thinking. Uh, it would be neat to see something like that. I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off in like the time they've been doing. I, who knows when they actually started developing this? Yeah. Like, was it shortly after they like 
kind of like, okay, we know what we're doing with two. We figured out how we're doing it. And they're like, okay, we're going to turn this into three as well. Yeah. Uh, I, because like, I don't know, but I think I mentioned it in our chat, but not in the podcast that I think an interesting direction, in my opinion, would be go Resident Evil seven with it, make it first person, uh, like mm-hmm. make it more immersive. Maybe if it's PlayStation, have a PSVR version like Resident Evil seven had. Yeah. Like, that, that would, would be, be uh, terrifying. Something. <laughs> That'd be upsetting. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could do that. I, I I expect Resident Evil 8 to be another first person game and yeah, sure. like like in January, February 2021, like right after the PlayStation 5 launches. I could see that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh because I mean Resident Evil 7's like 3 years old. These are different teams that are making these games. Yeah. Uh so I think by then Resident Evil 8 will be good to go. Do uh, you think they'll ever touch um like do remakes in this sort of generation of remakes for um like re4 through 6 i i I don't think so i think they'll just keep reselling they don't have to for four no yeah they can just keep selling four as is and people that's my my god for thinking as well i just think it'd be interesting they don't need to use their resources or money to do that it would be interesting if two and three are the only games that we get in that style like in, in yeah. the like, I mean, then they could do it at first person, like you're saying, Alex, they, but like they, they could if they do don't one again, like a re remaster or re remake um, in more in this style. But I, I think that they just kind of to keep re-releasing the games. Yeah. In the current form. They should do <laughs> Which is interesting. A remake of Resident Evil Outbreak file one. Yeah. Or do they do like another remake like do they redo that's, that's a, what a remake of zero were gonna do, or but then they're doing that weird like asynchronous or asymmetric yeah. uh oh, yeah right game yeah uh, uh yeah i don't oh, know uh, what else would you guys want to see at that event other than resident evil like let's say let's say let's let's kind of uh tie the game awards and this together yeah. like, what kind of announcements would you be really psyched on seeing um, I would like to see a l- launch window game from the the Team Eco huh. team. Mm. Launch window, um, yeah, whatever. Like, to ten years later, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like they've been quiet for a while since the last Guardian, and I would be interested to see what they're working sure. on. Um, I think that between that and the Game Awards, they need to announce some more games yeah like well they've been pretty up pretty up front about saying hey we're gonna be pretty quiet until we uh get like the ps5 out there yeah and so like maybe we hear about ghosts of yeah i was gonna say that's probably the one Uh, you hear about like yeah i guess i just i I think that like another trailer for last of us if it's into 20 if it's into 2020 and the only game we know that's announced for PS5 is Ghost of Tsushima. Well, which, I expect in February or March, probably February, we get uh, the PS5 reveal. And then, they yeah, go, here's here's our holiday stuff. Uh, it's just that's that doesn't I, feel like a lot of time to me. I don't know. It seems like, like for like between the console lo- or console announce and the launch or. Well, and just, I don't know, it doesn't, what games are they going to have? Because of like the timing of when all of their big exclusives came out, it feels like a weird time. Uh, Well, Horizon was like three years ago now. Yeah, so you would assume that Horizon will be a relatively early game. They've 
already been talking about Horizon. Like people have talked about Horizon yeah, Zero yeah. Dawn too. Clearly, already. that's in development for sure. So, is, is um, Gorilla big enough to have two games on the go? Uh, I maybe no. <laughs> I would hope kind of not. I um, mean, I don't think so. Be just because they like don't put out games all that often. They like put out Killzone. Yeah. Yep. And then they put out a kill zone. Oh, and we haven't heard zone. about a bunch and of staffing up happening. Fall two. Kill zone. I hate kill zone. <laughs> it's funny how much I love horizon. Cause I really don't like kill zone. <laughs> uh, they're not the same at all. So it's not, I don't yeah. see how it's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I expect maybe Elden ring at the game awards. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Hope. That, that I, would be fun to see. Uh, I definitely hope Elden Ring hits at the Game Awards. I was really hoping Elden Ring was going to be a this-gen thing. Like, one yeah, last I, thing not, for, that they were going to squeeze out next year. I bet uh, at the Game Awards... I mean, it could be cross-gen. I bet the Game Awards yeah. will get some new info about Scarlet that we didn't have before. And I bet, uh, I maybe. Fit, I bet Phil Spencer I comes out and says, like, this it, is what it's, it's actually going to be called, or something. It's Doug Bowser, John Cadera, and phil uh phil spencer on stage and phil spencer goes hey i got something for you he's like ah he does a cross chop on his uh, <laughs> and then katara says well i got something for you ah, and then it's a ps5 thing and oh then, and, then, and then doug bowser goes ah and then it's just a video of bowser and, then, and he snaps and then phil harrison they pan to him in the audience and that's all they get <laughs> A single tear drips down his face. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he just grins and waves. <laughs> that man is tall, isn't he? Yeah. He seemed tall in those videos, on those green screen videos. I'm like, man, he's a giant. Uh, yeah. What, what do you want to see, Alex? What do you hope to see? What do you think we'll see? I would love to see some kind of concrete naming. Well, I mean, we, already, we already know the name for the PS5, but maybe like if they were going to show like what the shell will look like for the PS five. Uh, they've said already that there's no ne- next gen info yeah. on the, uh, that's what I would like on though. the state of play thing. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that's makes this super question mark and interesting to me is I just feel like they can't talk about, it's kind of what I was getting at too, is like, they can't really talk about new first party games yeah. for like, maybe we get a halo infinite thing. Mm-hmm. The game you order. would assume that they have some gameplay no. if it's launching no, like next year. Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, they, yeah, I don't know. There's been like some rumors. I think Jason Schreier was saying that the the Scarlet dev kits are like real tough to get your hands on. Yeah. Like they're yeah. super rare. Where Sony's like, you know, we want we're trying to get these in as many hands as possible. Yeah, um, I imagine that it's not super like different to develop for. Other than like you get the load time, different stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I wonder how much, I mean, and Alex, you can speak to this way better than I can. Cause I'm not a developer of anything, but I wonder how much, um, how possible it would be for Microsoft to say, um, it's running on this architecture and these are the specs you can build your own dev kits for that kind of by building PCs because the I I mean they're both running on the same on x86 architecture the PlayStation and the Xbox yeah. but I feel like because the Xbox games are also run on PC 
Yeah. I don't know if that means that there is closer parity between the two in terms of a dev environment. It's um, the way they're encrypted versus the PlayStation. Yeah. It's purely the way they're encrypted. It's um, like uh, it's whatever's running the operating system. They encrypt that. So, right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be the exact same hardware, but it's running Linux versus running Windows. Right. It's mm-hmm. and I guess it's a question is is the is the Xbox running some kind of sort of Windows based yeah, I think operating Xbox system is. That's my impression and yeah. from what I remember. So like, like is it, it, they, they use UWP apps. It's, right. So is it, I guess what I'm getting at is if, if the PS five is running on some kind of custom Linux based OS, that might make it more necessary to have dev kits of like that actual system versus Microsoft being able to say like, you're making PC games for a box that has these specifications and plugs into a TV, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, there was Microsoft made that promise so many years ago of like, no, oh, the Xbox yeah. One will Every, be a dev kit. Well, I, they, I think they, yeah, they, exactly. they did make good on uh, it, yeah. but it, not for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, but like you can you can you can use a PC to build an Xbox game, yeah. like an indie game, and then play test it on your yeah. Xbox that you have in your living room. Yeah. So, um, is my understanding. So, yeah. I, I wonder if that means that it's like shoot for these specs and they can kind of be more careful with their dev kits to, and that the wizardry and like proprietary stuff is more how they pack it all in rather than what the actual specs are. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there was also some stuff in that Schreier thing where I think they were saying it, uh, like it's like the dev kit, it aren't final yet. Uh, so they're still like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where what's interesting because when you compare it to like Sony, who's had stuff out there and like in dev hands for a while, and I, I think what, there's what's going on. I saw a picture of PS5 dev kits. Yeah, I mean they're like yeah, sitting on a table. Been, those have and been I, out for a while. There's a place to. Well, I know the that the yeah, I know that the the that there were the leaks that came out a while ago, and then they were confirmed to be real. But it seems like now the, that's pretty. They're just oh, kind yeah. Of yeah. flying they, around all yeah. the, 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 the photos and stuff. Yeah, so. more pictures, like real life pictures, are coming out more and more. Yeah, so that. Uh, yeah, someone's gonna um, show it. So uh, someone's gonna show us a Xbox dev kit, and it's just gonna be like a baby Yoda, and everyone's gonna be like, "Aha, funny joke." And be like, "No, it's real." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm curious though if like both of these consoles are going to come out in the same window next year or is I, I bet Microsoft going to release or, late. I would hope they would. Cause that's the only way I think to really for them to both like if if one releases significantly before the other one, that's how we get in these situations where there's someone playing catch up for a whole generation. Well, they released a week apart this time yeah. and it was just, they had bad business stuff going into it. So well, right, and that's what caused it this time. But in the past, yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I mean, it has Sony been, came out a year later, and yeah, but they but they also had like really like hugely different architecture and right. things yeah. like that. So, and it, red ring, yeah, definitely not the only thing. But I would love to well, see yeah, them come out close rings. together and be similar systems and not have horrible business stuff tied. to Yeah, them. of course. <laughs> uh, I imagine like maybe they do like a like a early 2021 launch like um, they, you know they say I bet we'll come out I feel like, in like if they miss holiday January. that's a huge I bet, they're gonna sell out either way I bet for, it doesn't i don't think it matters for microsoft maybe 
uh, Project Scarlet is in the air, but I bet xCloud comes out somewhere around like proper halfway oh, yeah. through the year, which just yeah. like sets everything up. And the- yeah. And if they have xCloud, maybe they don't need to be there right when the PS5 is because, yes. hey, you can stream all the uh, Scarlet games on. Yeah. My big hope cool. is that that the the way that this goes is Microsoft says, hey, you can stream a bunch of the the these these Scarlet games on xCloud. So if you don't have the like if you want to, I would love to see Phil say, if you want to buy a PS5 this holiday and save your money. Go for it. Play our games on your Xbox One X or your PC through xCloud. Or your Nintendo Switch. pick up the Scarlet when you're ready. Play your Scarlet games on the PS5 to the xCloud app. That would be be super cool. I would love that. I would love that too, Um, but it's so unlikely. Sony would never let it happen. I don't think Sony would. Yeah, I think Sony would be the blocker there. Uh, And then I would love to see Sony on the flip side say, like, do you want to play, like we talked about in our chat, do you want to play Elden Ring? buy it it is a playstation game and then when you play it and install it on your ps4 get upset that it doesn't run as well as it could and then go buy a ps5 and then download it to your ps5 and pick right back up and no upgrade fee needed your your cloud saves carry over all that stuff yeah um yeah hopefully they that seems like bare minimum what they need to do to make this work if it's if, if we're talking like split gen games where you have to rebuy the game on ps5 they like, can't they can't do that again this time that. they really can't i don't like think with how much more prolific the digital store is there's no way well and there's no like i'm not saying i don't want to i'm not knowledgeable enough to say there's no dev work in that upgrade but it's not like porting a ps3 game to the ps4 that, no. that's the, yeah, the, the, the yeah we know that it's not the same amount of work <laughs> to 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 port something from PS4 to PS5. Um, the biggest thing I would imagine would be getting it to play with the resources that the hard drive makes available. That seems like the biggest yeah. like. And if they design it from the get go to do that, that, like I don't yeah. expect like Horizon Zero Dawn um, unless they go back and they upgrade, update it, or patch it, or whatever. Like if I put a if I put Horizon Zero Dawn into PS5 on launch, it would still have load times and whatnot. I would think they would be they would be maybe load times like an SSD. It would, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have the like super instantaneous. Yeah, like a Spider Man eighth of a second load time or whatever. I saw some people saying that like eliminating load times is impossible. Uh, is, it, is it elitist? What? what is it classist i don't know it's, to eliminate load times <laughs> yeah it's classist to eliminate load times. i don't think make eliminating load times is as possible is impossible so i think it was it made me uh, chuckle a little bit uh, I, mm, they, I mean they have to get loaded somehow know. it's just how forward they present that uh, yeah, yeah but where, depending yeah. on how clever you are like if you can if, if if the load is able to be reduced to a certain speed and if you can build animation and stuff that makes it look like it's not happening I think you can get to a place where like if it's using essentially NVMe drives like M2 NVMe drives and it's basically turning those into RAM at some point those those loads get like trivial like it's 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 milliseconds rather than seconds or minutes but to say there's no loading is just wrong but but well yes you can't I mean perceptible loading is that's what I'm getting at yeah yeah uh like if you can if you can hit hit the map in Spider Man and hit a fast travel point and then it loads while it's while you're zooming in over a second, yeah. then I think that would be cool. And I don't see 
based on how fast that stuff has gotten, even if you're not, if you're just using an SSD on like a PC. um, Yeah. I think that that it can't be impossible. I agree. I think we're at a point technologically where even if you build a gaming PC today, like you can do that basically. So. But yeah, because games are still built with hard drives in mind because so if yeah for console games if they know okay we have this kind of storage we'll for sure everybody everybody has this yeah yeah we can do some stuff uh yeah i'm i'm hopeful for what that could could be uh what those new consoles could be i expect we'll know more in approximately three months you know what i'm hopeful for andre maybe two months uh, my my future my the, my the the world doesn't explode within the next week because guess what episode number will be on one hundred the big one oh oh mm-hmm the big the big Lou I have to say that selfishly looking at that number I was like I don't know that I have it in me to do like a five hour episode of a hundred <laughs> podcast two weeks before we do like a ten hour game of the year <laughs> no podcast. we're not going to do a five hour <laughs> podcast I'm, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, no, what? I mean, geez, we've already done two hours today. Uh, I know. <laughs> this is what I was getting at. We were talking about, like, well, if everyone brings, like, three games that really touched them this generation, like, we're each going to go for an hour and a half. Then. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we'll do something for episode 100. Yeah. We haven't decided. Yeah. We haven't we, really talked about it. We were it. talking about the kind of a wrap up of the decade, some of our favorite things from the tens. Maybe we could do it. There's still 2020 mm-hmm. left. Is the end of the? There's no zero. No, no year zero. No zero index. No, the, in the, 90s end go the, 20, the end of the 20. The end of the 2010s. The the 20 teens. Yep. Uh, 2000 to two. Or sorry, 2010 to, to 2019. Yeah. Yep. Man. Like okay, no, but never mind. If you work out every other day, <laughs> work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're working out every other day. Yep. But I know we might do that. We might not send us. We, we might work us. out. We might do. We fit adventure. What if we did a ring fit? We ring did fit a ring fit stream yep. every, every other day. Everyone, on Monday, everyone Wednesday, puts their camera on them yep. and they have to play ring fit. That would be fun for five hours. Oh God. That would not <laughs> stop. For five hours nonstop. That would not be fun. I had some, I woke up and was in a very bad mood on Thursday. Like the worst mood I've been in in a while. Uh, one of those like, Man, I guess sometimes I'm the the thread is thinner than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mornings of like most mornings I put on a happy face. I'm in a pretty good mood. And that morning I was not happy. Uh, and so I played Ring Fit to get some of my aggression out. And I played it. I went a little bit too hard. And yesterday I felt I was just like a mess. <laughs> my body was like not not behaving. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's it we've decided yeah. uh good work everybody <laughs> well, it's game of the year podcast, podcast, podcast is canceled yeah uh, there we go we'll let yeah. everyone know send, send, uh, what, whatever you would want send it to gaming at fix.space uh, yeah well what's what's what are your games of the decade send them to gaming at fix.space maybe we'll read it on the air i started making a games of the decade list and that's brutal I'm trying to come up with it's hard because a lot of stuff came out and it, it also depends yeah, on what weird. you define as stuff you like or what's important. Yeah. I was, yeah. I always think of it in terms of what I like most yeah. important Who, games. I don't of the care what any of y'all, y'all like. <laughs> uh, I think also most uh, important games okay. of the decade. I don't think it, it's in, in, okay. I'm just going to say, I'm going <laughs> to spoil my hand in case we do do the game of the decade. It's Minecraft. Like 
it, it is like it's Minecraft. So it's the most important game no, that's come out. Uh, I mean, by far. So yeah, from almost unquestionably in my mind. <laughs> I, I it's mean, a little. If you want to do like an objective, like okay, on on the industry, sure. It's a little hard to like the thing about oh, Minecraft. No, we can't do this. <laughs> We won't go into it deep. What I was going to, that was a very <laughs> succinct point is that um, the alpha for Minecraft came out in 2009, which does not mean that the game released then, but because it started having impact like immediately upon when that became available, it's like, I think that factors into the equation of how much impact it had. Um, so I don't know. It's up for debate, but yeah, but, I don't know. yeah. Anyways, we can certainly Minecraft is one of the most important games of the decade, if not the most important. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but that is going to do it for episode 99 of gaming fix. I have been your girl's favorite PlayStation exclusive Andre Cole. Uh, Alex working. Oh, you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at cool. C O O L S L four W. There should be a review of my review of Jedi Fallen Order up on the site uh, today by the time you're hearing this or shortly after you hear this. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? You can find me at Pornhub at C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W, where all of the Gaming Fix episodes are uploaded uh, concurrently with everywhere else. Great. And uh, Pat, where can people find you? So The Witcher 3... From a storytelling and op- and like world design uh-huh. perspective, I think it's is the greatest important. game ever made. And I that is I don't think we can just out and out say Minecraft is the most important because there's games like The Witcher Three that did things for storytelling and games and characterization that it, just because Minecraft is, was a bigger business success and is more like allows you more creative play. You can find me at PJC yeah, Place. But my, Witcher Three is not in the schools. Should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mike dropped. <laughs> uh, you can follow us. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Fix Podcasts. Uh, we post sometimes we post clips and our reviews and whatnot up there, so you can keep up with everything we're doing. You can play and, Gwen on uh, your phone. Ooh. I hear all. I hear that's the that's the thing that's taking over schools now. Not on PS4 and Xbox One anymore, though. <laughs> but on your phone. <laughs> Jerry, give me them cards. Kids are kids are gambling on Gwent games in between periods. Son of a bitch, Gwent. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this is a boozer and Deacon. They, they lay in bed at night and play Gwent with each other with their beds across the room. <laughs> but they they just found the packs, but there are no rules, and they didn't somehow play. This, they no, didn't I'm play. talking about on their phones. Oh, somehow the servers and the cell network. No, no, they online. have one of the physical editions. They found oh, it, and they they don't know their rules though. It didn't have their rules, so they just made up rules for how to play. But the rules they made up are that there's three rows, and you got to put the characters in the rows, and that make these total their strength, and whoever has higher strength wins the round. So it's basically like they figured out the rules already. Basically. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Gwent, Game of the Decade. Ride to Hell Retribution. (laughs) I'm turning this off. Okay, bye. (laughs)